The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for three ninety nine. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ron Funch is on the show, yes. not to be confused with uh, Ron Munches over there. <laughs> Ron Funches is our guest today. He is in the new show Loot. I started watching it last night with Maya Rudolph. Mm-hmm. It is so funny. He's always hilarious. He is always uh, poignant, and uh, I'm very excited. He came back. But before that, we're going to just check in because it's been a minute. We've banked a bunch of episodes mm-hmm. because uh, we've all been kind of gone. It's been the summer. Everyone's gone. Everyone's no one's in Italy. No one works anymore. That's true. Literally, summer Fridays turned into summer summers. <laughs> and uh, I had my special come out. Here's the trailer. Give it up for my good friend and yours, Wendy documentary I need you to watch immediately. Why are you complaining about this miracle in your living room? Uh, Turn this song off in three minutes. Pop, 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 crack, crack, pop. Daddy, 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 daddy. Man, I deserve to see this v-neck and this dick. That is a move that's illegal in the NFL. I would like a Big Beaver magazine, please. I paid 74 nickels for this bullshit. We put it on our face. We can plie down to the spelling bee. I'm on the moon! It's like two crocodile eyes coming out of a pond. It's dark! No! Should we just get in the van with that guy? I feel like that was good. Can I have my ring, please? (laughs) She doesn't get it. (laughs) I know, can you believe I'm not married? Um... Emily and I went on a vacation together, and we have yet to update everyone how it went. Um, Well, Whitney calls it a vacation, (laughs) but it was a Whitney vacation, so it wasn't a vacation. (laughs) And Emily called it a kidnapping. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. I got the Amber alert. I tried to text you. It was an Emily alert. (laughs) It it really held a mirror up to me because I did. This is I I I have a hard time with vacations. I have a hard time celebrating myself. I have a hard time relaxing. We know this, Mm -hmm. but um, I uh had a show in the Hamptons and I'm like, okay, show in the Hamptons, Tim Dillon has a place there. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a family member that has a place there. Let's, I'm already turning a work thing into a, va- I'm I, already. That's why I thought we had a really good chance of it being a vacation because one, you were getting paid to be there. Like yeah. that is already a plus. Right. Because a lot of time when you're on vacation, like you're doing the math in your head, like oh, this, this, this. Can't right, enjoy right? it. Right. So we didn't can't have that enjoy Two, we had a nice place to stay for free that is a family member. So it was like a comfortable, nice place. So I was like, man, we already have two major things on the checklist. This is going to be a vacation. But we managed to not do it. Well, how so? Well, I think we, I have have documentation of it in my phone. I'm telling Whitney that she needs to take a break. And she's telling me that she is. And this is what Whitney's doing. And this is what I'm doing. This is a very relaxing 
vacation as of right now. Let me just say this. Millionaire? Not millionaire. <laughs> millionaire? Not millionaire. Millionaire. <laughs> if you were smart enough to steal from me, you'd be a millionaire. I argue that that would have been a relaxing vacation if the Hamptons wasn't such a hellhole. <laughs> It's not my fault mm. that the Hamptons is a, a trash place masquerading as this luxury resort. Of a, I'm like, we're going to the Hamptons. That's where all the rich people go. Like the most, the richest people in the world that could go anywhere in the world. They choose to go here. This must be the most relaxing, soothing, mm-hmm. gorgeous, perfect climate. Mm-hmm. No deadly bugs anywhere. <laughs> right? I decided, okay, doing a show in the Hamptons. It also seemed like a good idea because it was, I feel like, you know, felt like a safe bet. It was Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. Yes. Comedians are getting assaulted on stage a lot now. It's very sketchy. I figured, like, what's the worst that could happen in the Hamptons when someone's going to run up on stage at me and, like, throw a tick at my face? <laughs> run on stage with <laughs> throw a... Throw a tomato they grew themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Come on stage with a croquet mallet. Like, what are you going to do? You know? I, I just, I I wish I was a, I wish I was one of those people that could run with the Illuminati in the mm. Hamptons. I'm not a Hamptons girl. Mm. I don't get it. It's where fancy rich people go. Like, this is like where very fancy rich people on, right. the, on the East Coast. It's up there with like Cape Cod, Martha's, Martha's Vineyard, Vineyard yeah. and Epstein Island. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to preface this, which is, this is a rant is coming by saying that I am actually not, like contrary to what like Tim Dillon and all these people make fun of me, mm-hmm. they think I'm this like fancy rich person. That's just compared to their pathetic Patreon <laughs> selves. Okay, <laughs> so- I know, like, everyone thinks that I have, like, tons of money, mm-hmm. which is, you know, from Two Broke Girls, syndication. Right, this right. is what everyone thinks about. But what people don't know is that syndication money dries up pretty fast when two of your parents had strokes without health insurance. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, and a family member needed two new knees. And then when I got her the new knees, uh, she needed a car as well. So I was like, oh, okay, just two, yeah, I'll get them both at once, you know. Knees are more expensive than the car. It's another conversation. <laughs> but um, I know what goes on yep. in the upstairs of Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you something right now. It's bone chilling. Okay. <laughs> there would be riots in the streets. Mm-hmm. I mean, if y'all knew what the kind of waste mm-hmm. that goes on with rich mm-hmm. Like, it is so wild. I mean, I truly think the only reason there are not riots in the streets right now is because the homeless problem is so bad. That all the trust fund kids that normally protest, they don't want to be near any of the meth heads, <laughs> which is, I did recently get, uh, have to get in a fight with a meth head at our hairstylist, Jess Switzer Salon. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The harlot. The harlot mm-hmm. in um, West Hollywood. West Hollywood. Uh, she's doing my hair and this meth addict stormed in wearing, uh, if I may say, very cool cutoff jean shorts. <laughs> The homeless people. Did you ask him where you got them? <laughs> I'm on the market. I was like, give Grace her shorts back. <laughs> How dare you? And uh, no, they were, they were even for a meth addict. They're probably too big for you. <laughs> Always happens. Wait, did you guys swap tank tops? <laughs> you and the oh, meth me and the meth addict? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant me. I was like, I would never. Yeah, he up. probably is from Kansas, actually. <laughs> that place will drive you to new meth. And so I, th- there is a very like uh, hot, pirate vibe going on with the homeless people in LA. It was like, it was, you did feel like this was a recent, yeah. mm-hmm. like this was a recent addiction. Or he's like, choosing to yeah. do it. Like he has a backup plan, but he's choosing to do the street Like life. he could be playing volleyball on the beach in Top Gun. Uh-huh. Like that type of yeah. like skinny hot vibe going on. Anyway, okay. so I had, to, I had to fight with him. I had to get him out. It was a whole thing. Meth, here's the thing. I don't, I, I've never done meth. 
I don't think direct, mm. you know, it, there's no life in their eyes. Like uh-huh. there's, no. you can't scare a meth head. Correct. Yeah. 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 You can't like it's they, like there's nothing. Record. Yeah. There's nothing. Um, you know, so I had to go deal with it and I'm like fighting with this meth head. And I think he had never seen someone like go after be that unscared head. of him. Right. Right. But what he doesn't understand is that like, I need the, it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Stories to tell on talk shows. <laughs> I will jump into any nightmare scenario because I need content. So he didn't realize what the fuck he was up against. Yeah. I was like, bitch, he's like, who's good? What? Who's crazy enough to fight a barefoot meth addict in the street? And I'm like, bitch, I have to do the Drew Barrymore show next week. I need a fucking story. She keeps finding windows in her apartment. I have to one up her. If it starts raining, we're making a TikTok. <laughs> Anytime you have the opportunity to be outside in the rain with a homeless person, don't miss it. I don't remember how it went. Oh my God. The point is, we went on a vacation. <laughs> Emily, it was actually kind of funny because I did start to feel like day two, I was like kidnapping her and she would be like, um, I think I'm going to go I was watching the Evan uh, Rachel Wood Marilyn mm-hmm. Manson documentary <laughs> yeah. for the- you weren't just watching it You, I don't even know where to start with this because first of all the crazy thing is that you dress the part you had great Hamptons okay here's clothes. the thing I do I pack for a vacation right mm-hmm. I, I pack right as if I am Catherine Hepburn yes you really do yes right and when I when you came out in that first outfit that first day I was like this is a vacation. <laughs> and then when he's like, let's sit at the kitchen table. There were giant comfy couches everywhere. Let's sit at the kitchen table, eat dips and, and crackers and watch um, Evan Rachel Wood documentary on HBO for the third time. She'd watched it twice already. Mm-hmm. And then I would sit there and watch it with her. And no, we'll see by the time Emily came home and watched it again. Right. And telling me what I was about to watch. Oh so an hour long <laughs> documentary actually turned on th- went three hours long. And then she like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Rewind, rewind. I was like, no, no, I heard it. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. (laughs) And then it was like, hot take, hot take, hot take, hot take. I was like, it's four o'clock in the morning. I've eaten three bags of jalapeno chips because that's the only thing in this house. And I'm drinking a bottle of wine. I want a documentary on you guys watching that documentary. (laughs) Oh my God. It was so that, to me, like I never know where my OCD is going to take me on a trip, mm. on a vacation. So oh, I, yeah. I couldn't make any plans because I was like, something might catch my, the loop. Yep. And it was that documentary. <sighs> you know? Dominated the whole trip. We did have a nice lunch that day with Tim <laughs> Dillon and Ben. We never went to lunch. No, we made it at the house. We cut Oh, that of- is true. Yes, but you made work for yourself there. You went, you went out and got a wonderful spread. You fed everyone like... Yeah. You just can't relax, which is fine. I might be able to relax. The Hamptons is not the place. Okay. It's, not, it's just not a luxurious place. No, it's you're a, right. It's not. It's, I don't, look, I stay in hotels almost every weekend mm-hmm. on tour. So mm-hmm. when I'm on vacation, I want to live 
like a crazy rich Asian. I'm on Q-tips <laughs> in a glass jar, silver top, mm-hmm. cotton balls in another jar mm-hmm. that I never use. Mm-mm. I just want to know it's there. That's yeah. when I'm like, oh, this is luxury. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. when my brain goes, you don't have to worry about a thing. Yeah. This place has handled it. I, like yeah. I want, yeah. if I see towels in the shape of a bird, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. we're on vacation now. I can yeah. put my hat up. That's up. not yeah. what the Hamptons feels like to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, it was not, they, the water pressure is just like being peed on by a child. There, I if I am on vacation, I want water pressure that is borderline like physically abusive. Oh yeah, <laughs> I want my shower to give me CTE. <laughs> okay, that's that. It that was not happening. No, where we were. No, no. Okay, it was. It's the country. It's 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 like the, they call it New York. Here's the thing about New York. Everything about New York is complicated. Why would their vacation place be not complicated? So unnecessarily yeah. hard. It's not fancy. Like when you right. think you're gonna be with the most glamorous people on the planet that you think everyone is you know gonna be like really glamorous no everyone in the Hamptons first of all is dressed like an Amish sister wife <laughs> okay why are they all in like puffy like peasant tops like mm-hmm. do you understand how rude it is for the richest people in the world to wear something that's called a peasant top <laughs> like for fun yeah it costs $350 <laughs> Isabel Morant Peasant top. Like, mm-hmm. no one. We need to address. Wife beaters, I don't even have a problem with at this point. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a white tank top. That's what it's called. I don't know what to tell you. Right. Yeah. You know what? Lesbians can beat their wife. It could be about, le- who knows? So you know what I'm saying? That's equality. Now that lesbians can be wife beaters, I feel like wife beaters fine. Yeah. Sure. Right? Yeah. So if more women just beat their wives, we're even. We're good. <laughs> it's just hard to take anyone seriously. They're all dressed like babies that are about to get baptized. <laughs> I'm like, you're an adult. Don't you run a bank? Why are you? What? Why are you in bloomers? And, but they they <laughs> bloomers. were, everyone's, all the rich people were in clam diggers, which mm-hmm. is kind of amazing because the rich people in their like white linen clam diggers are watching people that are getting paid minimum wage to actually dig up their clams. Right. <laughs> and those people are in Under Armour shorts <laughs> from Ross for Less. So the people in the clam diggers are just sitting there watching. Like, mm-hmm. elite, you're dressed, at least help them. Right, yeah. right. You know? Yeah. Get in there. The right. whole thing, I just was, ve- I think I spent my whole life being like, I'm not going to go to the Hampton until mm-hmm. I can, like, afford to be right. really luxuriate, Enjoy you know? It, yeah. yeah, and, like, participate. No, no. The whole thing also is not, it's not even photogenic. We didn't even take your photo. The whole mm-hmm. thing just looks like a community theater production of The Crucible. <laughs> the only thing more annoying to me that when super rich people are ostentatious with their money is when they try to pretend they're just, I'm just a country Mm -hmm. bumpkin. I'm just, I live in this shack. Mm -hmm. Like, you're trying to be humble, but it's just so, you're just stealing. I don't, the whole thing just- You're appropriating- Poor culture. Poor. Yeah. Can you know what it is? It's more just like cosplay. It's cosplay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a LARPing. Yeah. It's cos- It is LARPing. That's yeah. exactly what it is. LARPing like Amish mm-hmm. people. Yeah. It's like when rich people go to Burning Man- you know, they're like, let's pretend for 10 days that money doesn't matter. <laughs> and then go back to our jobs at Goldman Sachs. They're like, that was so enlightening. Yeah, do you know what I I'm saying? So now much. let's go back to money being the only thing we care about. Like, it just, it's, your hobby mm-hmm. is to, like, be poor for a couple days, right. you know? <laughs> and I do find it charming. Like, I get, like, it is charming. There's an English country. It's like a dude mm-hmm. ranch. Yes, some For parts are some parts, but other parts okay, are like never English Hamlet. Hamlet, that's what it is. It's like there's like like uh, cobblestones, English gardens, like white picket fences, hedges, Hed- hedges, Galore. and then like there'll be like wooden archways with ivy on it. There's just so many places to hang yourself when you find out your father was responsible for that <laughs> chemical spill in Flint. 
I don't know if that's why they do it. I don't know. But it's odd to me that people that are involved in so many craven corporate things mm-hmm. want to live in this charming little, like, mm-hmm. they want to go back in time to when things were, like, harder, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, like to get food, you have to go to, like, fruit stands on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole food. Like, there's... <laughs> there is. There, you, you... No, no, they have fruit stands mm-hmm. where... So that every... People get in their G-wagons mm-hmm. and drive to the side of the road, which kicks up all the dust to the person working <laughs> at the fruit stand. You know what I mean? Which, by the way, good for them because they charge $30 for strawberries. And I was like, good for you. I, uh, good yeah, for you. Yeah. And But then you realize that all the people that work at the little fruit stands and the little grocery stores are like trust fund kids. Mm-hmm. Of people that live there. Yeah. And they're, because at first I was like, ooh, child labor, cool. Like, I like this place. <laughs> like, you guys really figured it out. But like, building adversity for these kids. Right, and then right. you talk to them and you right. realize their dad is like Bernie Madoff. And right, you're yeah. like, oh, like, kids are just working in these little, you know. For fun, for cosplay. For right. cosplay, right, but yeah. also because their parents want them to like learn the value of a dollar before yeah. they inherit a hundred yeah. billion dollars. Right, you know what I mean? Right, so right. that's like, so you're like, remember we were like trying to get breakfast and she's yeah. like, what do you want? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's like, I don't need to be here. Yeah, and it's they're like, like not wearing bras. I'm like, can yeah, you put yeah, yeah. a bra? They're all, they're yeah. all like young girls that are like redheads that they are wearing. They look like they're in polo ads, like polo. They like, all look like ads. the racist Abercrombie and Fitch. Right, or you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like truly, but they don't give a shit, you know? So you go to the grocery stores, which they're like little um, farmer's markets, mm-hmm. kind of. And they'll be like four peaches and like three. Op- it's, mm-hmm. It looks like the grocery store from Gilead where you're mm-hmm. like, I feel like. Yeah, I'm going to have a stamp. This is treat. where all of the fruit stands have a very limited amount of produce. Uh-huh. Mm. I had to go to three different fruit stands for a watermelon. That's psychotic. Well, that's it- just racism. <laughs> You know, but uh, I mean, I did not see one black person. If I don't see a black person for like mm-hmm. 24 hours, I get ner- I start getting yeah. Ner- yeah. Like, nervous, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not Something the right afoot. place to be. It is a little spooky, yeah. you know, yeah. in that way. Right. Where you right, see right. No diversity. Right. Like to just drive past like these like fruit stands on the side of the road with like a G wagon, which we're all just fine with the fact that that was like the car they used in. The Holocaust, is it? Yeah, that the G wagon, the father of the G, the first iteration of the G wagon was like the part, the car of the Nazi party. Look, who <laughs> we didn't decide that. <laughs> Look, and they're all, or by the way, a lot of Hamptons people, they think that they're like, you know, um, roughing it because mm-hmm. in the Hamptons they have their like vintage Bronco, uh-huh. which is. Three hundred thousand exactly. dollars, right. yes. and they—that's yeah, right. what they drive to yeah. the fruit like, stand. It is yeah. wood paneling. Like, yeah, exactly. like, imagine. <laughs> um, anyway, I just feel like if an alien were to come down and look at like, like a G wagon next to the fruit stand, they'd be like, "What country?" Is? <laughs> <laughs> if you just showed that photo to yeah. an alien out of context, they'd be like, "What war? What invasion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What?" assholes invaded this third world country. Something's being colonized in real time. Right. I don't know. I just, I found it, I found it creepily quaint. Yep. That's That's all. Great. It's like a bucolic with a, like a nefarious undertone. It just feels like, it just felt shit. It felt like it was trying too hard Mm -hmm. to be this um, artifice of the country, you Mm -hmm. know? And that, it just felt staged. It's also like, in terms of fruit stands and like the grocery stores that are run by the kids of the parents Mm -hmm. that work there, it is sort of wild to me. It's just like, these super rich parents, they want their kids to learn the value of a dollar. Like, I respect that. But they all, like, have a trust fund. Their whole life is ahead of them. But it, like, does kind of break my heart to look at them and be like, you don't know yet that your, like, uncle was responsible for all those kids with the flipper hands. 
Like it, like you, it's gonna be a rude awakening from yeah. this cute little fruit stand, right? Yeah. When you find out that every movie that Mark Ruffalo has been in oh. was based on your family, it doesn't matter if you use a canvas shopping bag. The damage like, is done. It's done. Like, do you tell them? Like, I don't know what. To, like, find out because you're like, I guess you just don't know yet. Like, right. you just think yeah. this is all fun and games and fruit stands. Oh, <laughs> but that's like, so sad. Just saying. Bad news. On the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, your uncle invented palm oil? Cool. Uh, it's also like all the stores, they aren't even real stores. So rich women or men, who knows? Uh, I'm realizing if you're a gold digger now, the glory days are over. Yeah. It used to be gold digger. You get to just eat bonbons, sh- right. shop all day, yeah, yeah. go to Tracy yeah. Anderson, whatever, whatever you do. Now you have to have a business. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, like rich guys now, it's not cool to marry people that do nothing anymore. Right. Yeah. You have to marry like a girl boss. So now um, there's all these fake businesses for rich men's wives so that they have some kind of hot purpose yeah, the in hobby life. needs to take you out of the house every single day <laughs> yeah. for multiple, for multiple hours. They yeah. need to, it's it can't like, just be tennis anymore. It's yeah. yeah, it serves two purposes. Right. Number one, to get you out of the house. And number two, the rich guys need to launder their money right. in, in right. many ways as possible. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's all these like, like boutiques. What was the one where you... Uh, Embroidered um, toiletry kits for babies, like terry cloth baby toiletry kits. Toiletry what, for what kits toiletries? For They're self tanner. Babies. Have, what toiletries yeah. do babies have? Yeah, I'm definitely relieved that I didn't become a gold digger because now it means you have to have some stupid business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I do have friends that went for rich guys. Yeah, they had to like be a chef and like start a blog and yes. do like a baby pudding business. Yes. Baby pudding. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They had to start like blending baby yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, Got, like hundred percent. I can't do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cannot do it. You know, I. I'm obsessed with this because, you know, some of my brain will get caught on things sometimes. Yeah. And I got stuck on the idea of thinking about this woman who, like, mm-hmm. married this rich guy. And it was, like, done. Yeah. thought she was <laughs> in, like, Flint. And then they get married, honeymoon in the Maldives, mm-hmm. come home. They go to Paris. Yeah. And the guy's like, so, when are you going to open a business? Yeah. yeah. When are you get Or here's some seed money. She's like, what? <laughs> to plant a vegetable like, So, you're going to open a store, a right? Yeah. You, I mean, you love yeah. baby. You love yeah. na- baby bags. <laughs> You, like, what you, do you love babies drinks? and you love products. Yeah. Like, Let's combine love, those things. Like, what, what do you love? You love pillow. Why don't you start a pillow store? Oh, my God. Wait, that's such a good idea. Needlepoint pillows. Needlepoint yeah. pillows. And then I was like, oh, God. Because there's all these little pillow stores in the Hamptons. There's some fucking bitch yeah. thought she was out of the woods and now had to start, like, a pillow store. Yeah. And it made me very uh, 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 tickled to think about the slogans she would put on the pillows as mm-hmm. someone who's, like, an out-of-touch rich person. Because <laughs> all the inspirational <laughs> pillows, it's always like, like rose all day, or yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Home is where the heart is, yeah. or you know, namaste in bed, right. right? Yeah, so I was thinking about what the pillows would be in the rich woman's needlepoint store. It'll be like, keep calm and marry along, <laughs> <laughs> live, laugh, louvre, <laughs> <laughs> keep calm and carry on. But that's just for the surrogate, yeah, she gives that one away <laughs> to put under her bag, right. right. Jose all day. <laughs> Rome is where the heart is. Where I get away from the kids. See, I love Jose all day. Jose all day is so funny. It's important to come for a couple of reasons. Not right. just because, because people in the Hamptons, they need Jose all day to make yeah, sure yeah, the yeah. windmill <laughs> that's just there for show doesn't have any weeds on it or whatever. Right. But also, 
I think that that's how everyone in the Hamptons doesn't get Lyme disease is they just have the gardeners get it. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they send out a front line. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly. The ticks yeah. are like, oh, we hit our quota this year. <laughs> yeah, because the whole Lyme disease tick thing is wild in this area, the Hamptons. And mm-hmm. the fact that rich people even go, that powerful people even go right. there, to me, it just is like proof that they are on so many drugs and <laughs> so much Xanax. I knew I was right about this because like, I feel like the ticks bite the rich ass people with the Xanaxy blood mm-hmm. and they just like, they just like fall <laughs> off, you know? Because I had a tick on I mean, it stayed. Oh, it it stayed. People were like, why didn't you wear bug spray? I'm like, dude, I am so covered in chemicals at this point. Mm-hmm. Bug spray is not going to do shit compared right. to like the amount of toxic chemicals I have in my body, on my body. I'm worried that maybe it got Prozac and just got super focused. It probably did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I many. suddenly have a will to live. <laughs> I'm going to hang on for dear life. I suddenly just got really focused and motivated to suck yeah. Whitney's blood. <laughs> so before you go to the Hamptons, make sure you know what's in your bloodstream because it's going to get in the tick's bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And, and then that- we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Since we're talking about weird infections and just gross things, I didn't want to go to any of the restaurants. You, I mean, she was going to restaurants at night. She was going to dinner. I don't understand why everyone in the Hamptons, just rich people in general, they eat oysters. Like, I, mm. I they make me gag. The smell of them makes me gag. I, I... I'm very perplexed. Why do the richer someone is, the less their food will be cooked? <laughs> Ceviche, gazpacho, sushi. sushi. Yeah. Like, what do you Selfish. do? We get it. You have health insurance. Like, we got, <laughs> like, why? I have this theory that I'm always thinking about their staff. And, like, what if there's, like, all the rich, like, people's chefs colluded? <laughs> To, like, brainwash rich people into thinking that, like, the best food isn't cooked <laughs> just so that the chefs could, like, come in later. Didn't go home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> if back- we tell them that crudo is the best food <laughs> yeah. for you and that we make it better than anybody else, we can be home by 7 p.m. You guys, okay, what only takes 10 minutes to prepare? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're not going to buy that it's easy, Mac. So yeah, we may yeah. as well just not cook anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm like, because it... It's gross. Anything that needs that many condiments is just not an edible food. Mm-hmm. So people will yeah. be like, oysters are delicious. I'm like, what do you put on it? And they're like, horseradish, butter, <laughs> chili sauce. And then you have to put vinegar on top of it mm-hmm. and then like ketchup. And if you just, yeah. and you just like swallow it, just don't chew it. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's yeah. delicious. Just guzzle it. You're like, yeah. this is g- fucking you're gross. At, and you're only supposed to eat um, oysters in months that have the letter R in it. So really they shouldn't even been eating them in the summer because it's like June, what? July. Uh, yeah. You're not supposed to eat oysters without... Is that what the oysters said? Why? Why? why <laughs> so is that a June. Rule? Ju- wait. What? So September, October, November, December, January, March, April. Yeah. So February. May, June, July, August. You're not supposed to eat oysters. Okay. So there's no way that oysters knew about the R rule. Let's just. Right. <laughs> How do we know the book is right? Let's go into imagine. The months knowing to right. put R's on the right. end. Right. That feels like it a, just happens. It's just that's the way we signify it. It just happens to be not the summer. But what Don't are the choices? Someone the didn't round up or round down just so they could be like every it's every R month because they were. I don't know. I'm not Poseidon. I don't know how the ocean works. <laughs> you just can't eat them without ours. They'll make you sick. No, but, but just hold on. Just stay with me. Stay with me. But think about we, you not involved. Mm-hmm. Whoever came up with that rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My dad. Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> that they sort of liked the idea that that. Fits convenient so perfectly right like anything yeah. that fits that perfect yeah. i'm suspicious of well no it's just like a way to remember it no i know pemdas no emily i know <laughs> what you're i know the point i'm questioning the whole thing i don't know why <laughs> but do you know what i'm saying yes i know what you're saying but sometimes was, the book is right 
what are the chances? <laughs> what are the chances that every month that ends in R doesn't have to end in it, just has to have it, have an R in it? What fucking dork put this together? Do you know what I'm saying? What are, what are the chances? Bill Nye. I don't know. What are the, an oceanographer. Bill Nye. What are the chances that every month with an R in it also mm-hmm. happens to only be the months you can eat oysters? I'm just curious. No one yeah. fudge that math a little bit right. just because it sounds good. Yeah, all right, fine. Then eat them in May and see what happens. <laughs> Call me. See, I don't, I, this, you know what? This proves even more how sketchy oysters are, dude. <laughs> well, maybe it's because oysters are an aphrodisiac, so they make you more attractive to other people. I don't believe that they're an aphrodisiac. And it's just too sweaty in the summer. Everybody knows that. Do people ice. just? It's ice. Ice is really expensive and has been in the past before modern refrigeration. And the summer months, you can't keep them cold enough to not go bad before you eat them. Ice is cheaper in the colder months and summer is hot. Hold on. Why the fuck are the people that use oysters, they can afford ice? Yeah. These are the richest people ever. Yeah. They have ice on hand. They're right there. Just dig them up and eat them. (laughs) You don't need a refrigerator. It's harsh. They go bad. The ocean yeah. is so cold. You're likely to catch a bad one in the summer and go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Says who? Mm-hmm. Says Pat. But do, I love shit. I love shit that's like a like a like a rule mm-hmm. that was made before anyone knew shit about anything. Right. And then that, and then it stays. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then you gotta go. Yeah. Oh, is that was yeah. is that true yeah. or was that just the best science at the time? It was the best science at the time. Of going like, okay, you know what we should just okay. Let's just say. Yeah. Yeah. We can't we can't afford more any more people dying at our restaurant. So let's just start right. saying mm-hmm. if there's an R, uh, this that, yeah, does yeah, that yeah. make it easy for everyone? Right. Yeah. But what's the truth? The truth is <laughs> I'm right. You can't handle the truth. It's not it's not about you being right. You didn't come up with it. You don't know that. <laughs> I didn't answer who came up with it. Um, I would like to go back to oysters being aphrodisiacs. I don't think they're aphrodisiacs. I think that sailors are just always horny and they came home with them. Hmm. I think they were on boats by themselves. (laughs) It's an aphrodisiac to me only if there's a pearl in it. (laughs) It's an aphrodisiac (laughs) if they're expensive and you're footing the bill. I don't know. I just don't. I'm not. I, I, I really bump up against when something doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. like uh, That's they, where you and I differ. <laughs> no, Emily will go along <laughs> with a performative thing. and you. But that's why you enjoy life, and I can't. That's you know what I'm fair. saying? Yeah. Emily will- I buy in. You will buy in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, the, that is when people are fun and enjoy their lives. You buy in. I'm I, a marketer's dream. Dream. Yeah, I'm gullible. You're like, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. so I like cream. Sure. Buy it. <laughs> Coll- drink, drink collagen. Done. Mixed collagen? Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's, your, that's your guy. I cannot, <laughs> if I can't wrap my head around something, I just, I am in a loop until I understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my thing with the Hamptons. If we could all just say, oh, hey, we have, we um, bought this windmill uh, that does not work <laughs> from the 1600s. It was $40,000. Right. It sits here and does not work right. because it makes us seem cool. Or, yeah, yeah, down to earth and like- right. It makes it whatever. 
Great. Just yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah. You know but, what I'm saying? But yeah. you're then you but moving through the world like that is going to be very difficult for you because they're not self-aware to know that. Right. Well, then my brain, well, my brain is like, well, what is this windmill? Like we just got rid and of the And they're like, oh, it's a like we have Amsterdam in our blood. Like this is like a like they can think of any reason that's not going to satisfy you. Yeah. I, well, I'm just well, it's what what's next? My brain is like, we just got rid of the last payphone in New York because <laughs> no one used them. Right. But you have a windmill <laughs> in your yard. I'm just curious what's going to happen in 40 years. Like, what is, mm-hmm. what's the next iteration? Just a bunch of, like, fax machines yeah. <laughs> in the yard. Why this machine? Like, why Nostalgia. is this? Nostalgia. Yeah, why, it is a machine. Yeah. Why is this the one we pick to be cute for a photo? Yeah. What technology gets to be there forever as uh, a thing? Right, what's considered aesthetic? What's trash pleasing. and what's not? Because that's right. trash. Right. The fax machine's trash. Why does this one get to stay? Huh. Same. Huh. Uh, I guess for me, I also realized I take umbrage at this because growing, having a farm, like mm-hmm. I've been on a farm, you know, in Roanoke, we had an actual farm and everything is necessary that's mm-hmm. there. Like the screen door serves a purpose mm-hmm. to keep bugs out. Mm-hmm. In the Hamptons, they all have screen doors and they leave them open. <laughs> if I did that as a kid, I got reamed out. Good. Yeah. Oh, like, rightfully. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You decide you're going to leave the screen door open and then we all suffer the consequences. Yes. Yeah. Wake up with fucking Mosquito bug bites, bites everywhere. Yeah. So that kind of stuff just bothers. It bothers me because it's like you're trying to come, you're trying to pretend you're the same mm-hmm. as the people that live like this for real. Right. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It bothers me. Like remember when we went biking down to <laughs> wait, hold on. First of all, there were like Four bikes in the house. Well, let's go biking. The the wheels were <laughs> not full of air. Well, that's the other thing. Is that <laughs> I don't know how anyone has a second home. I because you have to main by the time you get there, it's just right. a home you haven't been to in a mm-hmm. year. So you just have to do change the light. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, all yeah, yeah. the it's more work. Yeah. Yeah. So none of the bikes work. So me, <laughs> Emily, or no, you had to come get us. <laughs> me, Tim Dillon, and Ben from Tim's show. We're like, let's go on the bikes. Tim is immediately yelling, like yelling, <laughs> yelling at me. He is so fucking mad. He got on some huffy that was like, it was not. Had a basket. None of it yeah. worked. None of it worked. Oh my God. And uh, so I don't know why. Everyone's riding bikes in the Hamptons with a basket on the front. I don't know <laughs> if that's just the, the, the how, how they get abortions now up there since mm. all of their husbands <gasps> voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. I don't know. <laughs> but you had to come get us because none of the bikes even worked. It was, but as I was going, to, I like looking at people's yards because mm-hmm. it all looks so picturesque. Yeah. I'm just like, who lives here? I have to know everything. And a lot of the really old timey, you know, they're like $20 million gingerbread houses <laughs> had in the front. I guess the big thing in art now is just to have a slab of marble. It's not carved or chiseled. It's just like a slab. It's the idea of a sculpture. Because like, you know the David statue's in there somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. We paid for it before it got here. Yeah, but like we don't believe in gender, so we don't want to <laughs> yeah. imagine. We want to wait till it tells us what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I was like looking at, and I was like, as someone that just did construction, I'm like, so you have so much money, you just have like raw materials around. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> Like that, most people would get. It's just like, yeah, we just 
hoard the raw material. Yeah. Like at your house, it's like we have to call somebody. Like there's something wrong, and in the Hamptons, it's like no, that's a statement. No, that's just that's a, that's piece. That's art. Could be someone else's bathroom. <laughs> this is a kitchen counter. Yeah, but it's just here. Like yeah. we just have extra. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. We're just like taking the Earth's resources and <laughs> showcasing them. Just like so you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We yeah. have access to this whenever we want. Yeah. As soon as we build another edition. <laughs> I think I really had a lot. Here's what I will say. I think I had a lot of epiphanies in the Hamptons, though, because it was like this is where the most successful people in the world go. Mm-hmm. And now I understand why all the leaders in our country are dumb. <laughs> and by dumb, I just mean delusional or what's the word? Out of touch. Out of touch, uh, yeah. Because I think rich people, politicians, celebrities, they go to the Hamptons mm-hmm. Every year, a couple times a year, sometimes mm-hmm. the entire summer. And I think this is how they've convinced themselves that they're in touch with like normal, the people. heartland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, I also, because what they're doing is so, um, what's the word? Like quotidian mm-hmm. that they think that they're not yeah. the evil monsters there. They're like me. Like I'm not an evil rich person. I have a rooster weather vane <laughs> that tells me the nor spinning uh, like uh, you think I would be insider trading my windmill is broken I need to move wind to move something yeah like I like I, why do you have a weather vane on the, like I feel like your helicopter knows where to land I feel like it knows which way the wind is going you're fine like I feel like that's how they sleep at night they're like how could I steal from my investors do you think someone who has a screen door <laughs> With little flowers on it. And a house with shingles would do something like that. Like, no, like you run Monsanto. Like, I don't right. care about your screen door. Like, we don't. Like, who, me? I would never go to Epstein Island. I have tiny fish on my chinos. Like, I shop at a general store. It's wild. That's yeah. how they think. They go, great. I know how the country lives. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. make laws based on what I just saw in the Hamptons. Right. For the heartland. Right. Like, it's not the same. <laughs> I also think that all the people in power are neurologically suffering not yeah. only from syphilis because right. that is real. right that is oh yeah that is real a lot yeah. of our that politicians is, syphilis people, is real in addition to that we touched on it earlier but i think all these people just have lyme disease mm-hmm. for sure not that i'm complaining but mm-hmm. no <laughs> i'm just saying i had a brush with lyme disease mm. uh a tick uh decided to uh, uh What's set up that? shop. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> set up shop. Go in, farming. Set in, up a fruit stand. <laughs> in the crevice next to my crevice. And <laughs> when crevice. I saw the tick, don't panic. In Virginia, West Virginia, you see a tick, yeah. you pull it off, you bite the head off, you or you, what? Uh, umbridge. Um, <laughs> why do you bite the head off after you take it off? You just want. To threaten the other two. Just make a point. Like, just stomp yeah. on it. Okay. No. All right. Okay. No, you want, you can't, stomping on it, you you really, if you're going to kill a tick, you have to like use you a pen, to destroy it, a yeah. knife, you have yeah. to destroy like it in some way. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you like, would, biting the head is not the. No, that's just for me. Okay. See, <laughs> now I heard that. I'm just going to let it it's go. Good I'm not going to pick it you apart. No, you got to just make sure the head is off. But if, I just mean, if you don't have nails or something, sometimes, right. like if you find it and you're on a horse ride or something, you just bite the head off. Could you flush it down a toilet? No. You could. Okay. If you want to come back and go inside your asshole. Okay, got Good. it. Good. Oh, okay. maybe that's what's going on. Oh, where would the gerbil go? <laughs> actually, Grace, that actually, I saw a light bulb just go I'm off. I'm going to look head. into it. I'm going to look into it. I know. It. Look, a lot of us, we used to pee outside all the time. I spent in the bushes, a lot of time in the woods. In the bramble, you pee out there. You always got to check your crevices <laughs> Absolutely. for ticks. I offered and you said no because everyone already thinks we're lesbians. <laughs> yeah. But you guys aren't? <laughs> 
Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> like, mommies aren't together. Everyone. Your mommies aren't together. It's, just, oh. <laughs> it's not everyone. It's just everyone who knows us. Um, <laughs> but uh, so... Once I start talking to people about this, mm-hmm. first of all, I posted on social media because there was a bunch of blood and I killed it. And Ugh. then instantly, yeah. I get so many people calling me. They're like, where's the dick? I'm like, oh, I just squished it. They're like, you need to put it in a bag, put it in a plastic bag and take it to the lab. The lab? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> what lab? Right. Like what fucking planet are rich people on? <laughs> that they're like, no, no, you have to take it to the lab. What lab? What, like, you, the scientists, Wuhan, you have a contract. Wuhan? Like, I don't, it's the only lab I know. Huberman lab? Like, I don't know what you mean. Where am I going to go? I mean, I was in Baltimore at the yeah. time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You're like, in the middle of nowhere. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Even if I was, like, I'm not putting a tick in a bag to be like, does this have Like, who cares? I'll, be, I'll jog it off. It's fine. Jog it off. You know how many things I've beat? <laughs> Aut- autism? <laughs> Asperger's? Rabies? I just be rabies. That's true. Like I can beat this little bitch, and then everyone's like, "No, no, no! This is a different thing." Okay, Mm -hmm. ticks in the South, whatever. The ticks around Connecticut, Hamptons, yep, Mm -hmm. New England, where all the rich people are. Deadly Lyme disease, karma, maybe. But the point is, I had to go on doxycycline. It was an antibiotic. It was like a hundred milligrams morning and night. Puked the entire time. You were deeply fucked up. Avril Lavigne called us mm-hmm. and was like, oh no, bitch. While we were listening to her in the car. Well, okay. Well, that was a nightmare. So we're, I get the car. Grace is driving me somewhere. Where do you guys go without me? It's a secret. Where did we go? I was taking you to the Sunset Tower. Huh. Oh, that's right. And so we were driving and uh, Avril Lavigne's texting, we're texting about the Lyme disease and she had Lyme disease for years. Yeah. Right. It can like, really knock work. out. Yeah. We missed it, her. Yeah. But I, I thought she was just like... I thought she was just over it. I thought she was like, this is... Yeah, de- yeah, 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 yeah I'm yeah. done. And it, she you can't function. Yeah, right. Right? And so uh, I'm in the car with Grace and I'm like, Avril Lavigne text me and I look over and there's an Avril or a CD case <laughs> on my right. And she's like, oh yeah, I fully have. It's like... She I'm starts like, playing... It's loaded in my car right she now. She starts playing it. Wait, like, you guys went in Grace's car? <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, I would have loved to see it. <laughs> over Laurel Canyon. <laughs> Just all the good food like, merch in the back. <laughs> just like strewn about. Presents for 30 like, people like, that never got to What is all my skincare product doing <laughs> like, here? Like two rescue dogs I forgot about. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, what is happening? I don't know. I guess I just feel like, um, I do feel like once I learned all of the symptoms of having Lyme disease, it was like neurological damage. Mm-hmm. You like lack empathy. You can't remember things. I'm like, Jesus. this sounds like every politician in America. Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe <laughs> yeah, like that all of these famous celebrities, rich people probably have some kind of Lyme disease brain damage. Like if you look at it through that lens and you go, okay, every celebrity, every rich person has Lyme right. disease. Doesn't that Imagine video make so much more sense? <laughs> I think you just hit the nail on the t- Like you're Absolutely. like, oh my God, this all makes so much more sense. Yeah. Like remember when Wendy Williams wore that sweater with all the stuffed animals on it? Mm-hmm. How could we forget? Dude, when I like was going through that Lyme disease thing, I ordered some wild shit. Oh, I, was I like, know. I-, I see where this is. Spoiler alert, oh, that I wasn't know. the Lyme disease. <laughs> <laughs> just Tuesday. Uh, anyway, so that was our vacation. Yeah, doesn't that sound relaxing? <laughs> <laughs> the whole time Whitney driving around. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. 
Emily she gets get it. it. Emily's get like, it. no, no, no. And I'm like, tell me how, why don't I understand the Hamptons? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. So this is how you do the Hamptons. <laughs> so when I lived in New York, <laughs> you would get 45 people <laughs> to pool together. Everyone pays $500. No, everyone paid like $2,000. And then we all split <laughs> a one-bedroom home. <laughs> we sleep in the bathtub. <laughs> oh Whoever God. got to the house first, like, got a room. But if you didn't get there in time, you had to sleep in a bathtub. <laughs> For what? For fun. Actually, it was never fun. I actually did have a similar experience in the Hamptons because I was miserable, but I thought I was supposed to be having a good time. Yeah. I'd split the, everyone does summer share. Summer Fridays. Summer share. Summer, it was summer a summer sh- share. So you'd rent these like gorgeous houses. Because I feel like, like people do this in Roanoke, Virginia. You do it in Virginia Beach because it's in Virginia. Right. Uh, and, you know, uh, uh, Hilton Head. Right. Kiowa Island. Right. It's just when, it's just renting. But a, you get a yeah. ha- everyone yeah. gets their own room right. and you but share the, a house. The houses are so uh, unbelievably expensive that right. it's like, and then, you know, it's all these finance bros organizing it. They all work at like Goldman Sachs and Deloitte and they wear like Patagonia vests and like they make yeah, these Yeah, they'll spread- be on the Supreme Court <laughs> any day exactly. now. Um, and they make these spreadsheets like you're coming out this weekend because you paid for this, but you can't bring, you can't come out 4th of July weekend because you didn't pay the bonus for 4th of July. It's just like a psychotic thing. Jesus. Hold on, hold on, slow down, slow down, slow down. So there's no like leeway. No, it's like it's. So what's this breaking down to per night to sleep in a bathtub? I never did the math. I wouldn't do the math. I would just beg my parents for two grand. I'd give it to some. How guy many days? And, well, you could. You had access the whole summer, right? But I could only go Friday through Sunday. If you had saved that money, I don't even. <laughs> you'd talk, be a I, Don't even talk to me about it. <laughs> don't even talk about it. I went every week. Got so drunk, cried, would watch my boyfriend kiss other girls in the bar. I'd separate them. I'd cry, I'd cry. In fact, when we were there this past this past vacation. Here's just really quick. Going to the Hamptons with Emily is this amazing <laughs> tour. <laughs> I threw up there. I, I cried there. Truly. <laughs> but it is so, it's such a testament to you, your character, because you always, you start with, oh my God, this is my favorite place. I've had so much fun there. Like you remember things through the lens of like hope and a big heart. Like you're such a loving, open person that you start with like, oh my God, it's such an amazing place. And I'm like, what happened there? And you're like, oh, like I would, and then the reality starts to set in, but you lead with this sort of rose color. That's why I can't think about things too deeply. <laughs> and then it starts deteriorating into this horrible story it is like the premise of the movie Taken. It was crazy. And I remember I just cried all the time. I cried for, I would have panic attacks on the train home. It was a nightmare. I mean, it was a nightmare. And so I would fight with the girls in the house. We'd get, you know what I mean? Like I just was drank a lot too of much. like who? It's Caddy. Like, it was just a shit show. It was just yeah. a shit show. And I like, it was a bad, I was in a really bad place. And I walked by the bar we used to go to all the time in Amagansett uh, in the Hamptons when I was there with you because I met some friends for dinner. We walked by and we walked by a bouncer um, and I kind of went up because he was the bouncer that I always cry into his shoulder like after I cried at the bar and I'd like be eating a hot dog that I just like found. It was just so <laughs> bad. And um, I just would like cry into his shoulder and I walked up to him and I was like, hey, Will, right? And he was like, yeah. And there was like a really long line. I think he thought I was like trying to get into the bar, but I really was just like saying hello. And I was like, I don't know if you remember me. Um, and my name's Emily. He goes, oh, I didn't recognize you. You weren't crying. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He was like, we always wonder what happened to hot mess Emily. And I was like, oh my God. He was like, we thought you were dead. He said that to me. Oh. And then he, I remember because one summer he was like, how are you gainfully employed? Like, can you go, do you go to a job every day? And I was like, yeah, I have a pretty good job. He was like, you go to work every day, like, and sustained full-time employment. Like the biggest 
comedy television show ever made. I'm sort of why it's able to function. Oh my God. And that's when I was like, this is a dark place and I can't force myself to like it anymore. But you were, that was like you were in relationships with God. You know, any place is going to suck if you're in right. love with someone and they're not ready or you're, you know what yeah, I mean? That's that's true. True. And mis- New York was miserable. Anywhere you go, there you are. I would just pay a lot of money to be there. I guess I just feel like if you're going through a breakup or someone's cheating on you, you can get, I can get through it if at the end of the night, I don't have to wait in line for a shack on the beach. <laughs> right, 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 right. so dark. It if I'm so going to be in a fancy place, I'm going to be like, let's just go to the poolside bar and get a drink. Yeah. If I have to go get in line right. yeah. for a shack, yeah. when I'm looking at a bunch of like Mercedes's, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is just unnecessary. Dark. You know what it is? The hard things can be hard. The easy things shouldn't be hard. Yeah. And the easy yeah. You know that's my yeah. motto in life yep, everywhere. Yeah, yes. So yeah. you're going to get your heart broken. You're going to stub your toe. You're going to fall and hurt yourself. You're going to get news your mom mm-hmm. is sick. You're going to hear that your aunt has COVID. When that happens, you should not be waiting in line for mm-hmm. a mediocre lobster roll that costs $12. Right. God, yeah. that's cheap for a lobster roll. Yeah, that's pretty good. What? Fresh lobster? <laughs> so I, where? Can I'm I get like, the address? Drop oh, God, it drives me nuts. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Because I want to go like, this is what it is. Y'all's lives are so easy mm-hmm. that when you have a vacation, mm-hmm. you choose to, to make run it. errands. Yeah. yeah. But not only that, you're making it difficult for the people you hire. Do you know what I'm oh, saying? they don't give a shit about that. Of well, yeah, but I'm saying like, they don't have to go to eight fruits. You know what? That's also it. That is, so, I just thought about that. Not only are you going to a place that, uh, it's everyone that works for you now. Yeah. Doesn't have Wi-Fi. Yeah. It has yeah. to sit in traffic. Yeah. yeah. There's no Wi-Fi in the Hamptons. So everyone that works for you, they can't call each other. Right. They can't make their line. Yep. Right. You're making it hard. So if you're taking your staff to the Hamptons, they better get paid twice as oh, much yeah. while they're don't. there. <laughs> I used to have to, have to go to the Hamptons for work. It was like a nightmare. But did you stay in the fancy house? Yeah. What was that like? I mean, it's gorgeous. It's the kind of house where like it smells good and you don't know why. Everything oh, yeah. smells good. Mm-hmm. And rich people just smell good. That's true. <laughs> like rich house That's people true. just smell good. Well, because there is. Everything's white and like linen and no stains and. The dog always sits perfectly still. It's like, it's crazy. That's because it's a fucked up breeder dog that can't, yeah. you know what I mean? It's my kind of dog. Okay. I feel like I've complained long enough. <laughs> I'm just getting started. <laughs> that was my vacation. So I feel <laughs> that relaxed. That was our vacation. I've, I feel like I'm back and restored. And uh, I've now got the Lyme disease situation under control, mm-hmm. the rabies situation under control. Mm-hmm. So any other diseases y'all want to throw at me? <laughs> it sounds like you did like naked and afraid this summer. It does. Like I got rabies. I got like it. Like I j- truly <laughs> yeah. like monkeypox. Let's go. <laughs> Please don't get that. Next. Next. This fall, I am doing some dates. I still haven't announced yet the club dates that I'm doing just to work on new material, but I'll be in Cincinnati, Ohio on September 8th at the Taft Theater, all new material. Mm -hmm. September 9th, I'm going to be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Miller Theater, all new material as well. Imagine if I just went back after that didn't go well. Uh, September 10th, I'll be in Richmond, Virginia at the National, September 24th, Charlottesville, Virginia. You guys know what to do. WinnieCummings.net. Let's go. Um, Okay, my brain is starting to break. So um, please enjoy the great Ron Funches. Always brilliant. Always delivers. We love him. Bye. Funches is back and he's back at it. I'm back at it. Is that, do you need me to sing your? I love it. 
Back at it. The name back of your tour. It. Back at it. Hitting the road, going to cities, doing some theaters, mm. hoping this time they sell out. Cause last time they didn't. When did they not sell out? Cause it was I, a few years ago. Cause it was a <laughs> pandemic, or was it just a racism? It was pre-pandemic. I remember doing the Wibber Theater in mm. Boston. It was half empty, <laughs> and then I did TJ Miller's show, and it was completely sold out. And he was half-assing it, so I was pissed. Off. <laughs> <laughs> that is so interesting. It is so interesting to me who sells tickets and why. And it has nothing to do with being known. I feel like there's so I'm learning as a comedian to not take things as personally because, you know, I'm sure this happens to you all the time. You do five shows in Houston. You go to the airport. Ron, Fonja, hey, man, what are you doing here? You're like, how do you recognize me with no makeup on in gate four, deep-throating an Auntie Anne's pretzel, but you didn't hear that I was in your city for a week? Yeah. This isn't my fault. I've done my job. Mm -hmm. Whose job is it to make sure you hear about this? I don't know whose job. Is it the club? The establishment? Who is it? Well, the club used to put clubs, venues, theaters, they used to put a ton of money into making sure everyone knew a comedian was going to be there that weekend. But now with social media, they kind of go, well, it's your thing. You know, put it on yours. Mm -hmm. They'll say, send us a video. But then it's like to their Instagram who has 800 followers. followers. Yeah, Yeah. eight followers are all like the the chef's like nieces. Like it's not. (laughs) So I think that one of the most annoying parts about being a comedian right now, I I was just doing a bunch of press the other day. They're like, isn't it hard to be a comedian? Isn't it dangerous to be a comedian? People are going to physically assault you on stage. I'm like, bitch, I'm just trying to get the Facebook ad spend Mm -hmm. to target the people that know me. The hardest thing about being a comedian. Please, I, if you hate me, show up. That's please, gonna sell more tickets. I'm saying I'm not going to get assaulted because the people that want to kill me don't know that I'm there. Yeah, <laughs> I need a full room to get assaulted. In. Please, come All at the me. people that want to assault me don't know that I'm at the House of Blues this weekend. <laughs> Whose fault is that? So I think that it's like, and also when you're promoting your tour stuff, in, in, if you do a direct post to, for DC Improv June 9th, only DC people are going to like it, or only your friends. So then it's not going to get in the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Just know, guys, that we hate posting about our tour dates as much as you hate seeing tour dates for cities that aren't near you. Mm-hmm. But we have to, they basically have put all the responsibility to us now. Yeah, it's a constant. It's just, I mean, that's why I'm here, right? You go where, like, there's no, more comedians. No, you're here because we're friends and you want to see me. No. And um, you <laughs> love me and seeing me makes your heart expand. Whatever you got to tell yourself. And you're going to offer for me to be your child's godmother. If it's you so want to. Are you serious? I mean, it's, it, it, <laughs> we're taking monetary offers for sure. I bids is what we call where, them. What are you at now? Uh, Ask me if I've ever lost an eBay bid. <laughs> Ask me. <laughs> Saying. I don't think you got a lot of tokens. You got a lot of little things in here. I think you win a lot of eBay bids. <laughs> a lot of chaskies. It's Called hoarding. So, how do you pick a godparent? I don't know. Me and my wife haven't even talked about that. Really? Nothing about the guy. I assume it's going to be family related. See, that's smart. I feel mm-hmm. like it's usually patronizing. Usually it's one of your friends that is like, mm, God doesn't want you to be a mother. So you, <laughs> so you can you choose your most barren of friends. Yeah. So you can like spend money on my kid. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this is cool. Um, but uh, interesting. Yeah. Touring is in some ways, I think also podcasts, everyone's like, we have a podcast, you'll talk about your podcast. I do think there's a little bit of a, I don't know, a feeling I have where people are like, well, I get to listen to you three hours a week. I can listen to you whenever I want. Mm. Like if you're in town, 
I want to come see you, but it's also, there's not this like, this is the only chance I'm going to get to see this person or hear from this person. I feel, I mean, I feel like there are certain people like that, right? But I think that those people aren't going to come see you no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think the other way that the thing that makes podcasts so beneficial is that they end up being like, oh, I know you. I know about your family. Mm-hmm. I know about your what you're like. I know your interests. We're, we're, almost closer than me just being your fan like you know i have like my group of my punch bunch people who will like these are people who will fly from like seattle to portland or to chicago or where where i'm at to come see shows because they're more invested yeah. i think podcasting has been very beneficial in in that way and that there's more people who are like i gotta go see you i like and you know it's re- really interesting because I think that um, you know your podcast being so impactful and in depth with mental health stuff, and you being so you know open about talking about mental health struggles and um, getting better. And this podcast, for whatever reason, I think has evolved towards not that I'm not as good at it as you are. I talk about my mental limitations. People come on, we talk about um, uh, addictions, etc. And so you start getting this fan base that is like a very sensitive, conscious, um, maybe a, maybe a group of people that wouldn't necessarily go see mm-hmm. stand up if yes. they had, or just it's like, yeah. Not, and then now the crowds are like half hardcore comedy roast fans, and then half like people struggling with depression and agoraphobia. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, I mean, I've not, there have been fights breaking out at shows. It's just seeing that. That or it's been really beautiful, and you see, you know, I see like a big buff dude be like, "Hey, this person over here is too shy to come up to you," and it's and has your book, and like everyone's mm-hmm. kind of helping each other, you know. But it's been interesting to see, like, what the audience is made up of now. No, I love that. I, want, I love. Let's talk about this for sure, because um, I try to tip the scales more towards my podcasting audience more towards the people who know me from other things because I think it allows me to be more myself on stage and more talk about the things I really want to talk about. I feel like I, I mean, because I love stand-up comedy. I am a stand-up comedy fan. But I also, to me, that's like also saying you're a comic book fan or you're a thing. It's like it's limiting. It's interesting. There is a um, insular group around it. and And I would love to discuss this, see how you feel about it. But um, I'd say like when the last like five, 10 years, comedy was like cool. Like it was cool to be a comedian. You'd even see these people who would never even come into comedy coming in and, and trying it or doing it. And you still get that now in, in some cases, but I, I've noticed at least the online discourse is now more where they're like comedy's lame. They're like comedians are lame. Comedians are dorks. Comedians are, which is true, but it's I, not I, as cool a, in the last I couple of years. I think the kind of person that goes on a, Reddit forum to call comedians dorks is a fucking dork. <laughs> no, I agree with you that. And I guess um, the lame thing might be make it defensive. It's more like with the rise of social media, TikTok, things of that nature. It's a they feel like I can do this and, because they've, it's always been like that, right? Oh, yes, you can do. I could do. I could go if I want to. I can go up there and do that too. Sure. I think that is at all. Went great for Michael high. Richards. Went great for Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Going great for Ti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I what I'll say, like, I think I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, you know, I had a little like jealousy pop up or I had I just shot a special. And, you know, the feeling afterwards when you're like, it's almost like a postpartum depression in a way where you're like, now I have to start over. And like, 
was that really good? Or oh, then you start thinking of tags all of a sudden mm-hmm. from something you just shot. Or you start being like, oh, is that going to hold up? Is that going to uh, still be funny in six months? You know, because comedy is like, I think we forget comedy's fashion in a lot of ways, you know? And it's like, what's funny six months ago, maybe not be funny. In the, and as we're all sort of trying to become better people, some people, um, you know, things might not hold up. But mm-hmm. like, that's always been the case. I just think that there's just so much more feedback now. Like I was thinking the other day, I was like, oh, the difference between now and 10 years ago is for everyone is that when people talk behind your back, you know. <laughs> we used to be able to go through life just not knowing what people were saying behind our backs. And that was kind of a blissful, ignorant place. Like, you know, Will Smith, he only heard box office gold. You're the best. Love you, man. And that's most of the discourse. But the jealous weirdos who had to like start rumors and whisper and be like, well, fucking that movie he did bombed or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. now he has to see that kind of stuff. And I don't think our brain is really wired for it. And I don't know. I guess I just I don't think I think the more charlatans that are out there, the better the real deal comedians do mm-hmm. and the more clear it is that our skill is something that's earned and different. And I've seen this ephemeral rise and fall of people that get like a ton of success off TikTok and whatever. And I'm like, ah, uh, or off YouTube or whatever. But I feel like I'm at the point age-wise, and maybe you are too, and maybe I've just done more recon on it because I have to deal with some like jealousy competitive stuff sometimes. I'm like, I've seen it come fast and go fast. Mm-hmm. And anyone I've seen come up slow stays there. The faster I find someone rises, the faster they go away. It's like long game 101. Yeah, truly, truly. But it's hard to see that in the moment, right? When you're like, wow, look at how many shows you're selling out. Look at how many tickets you're moving. And then um, you get concerned about like the general health of comedy where you're like, well, if people go see this and this is what they think this that experience is, is that a, de- is that a detriment or is someone bringing new eyes to the table of bonus no matter. I think that what we do in our social media presence, our stand-up presence, our podcast presence is what's going to be getting into people's hippocampus that are going to decide, yes, I'm going to go Friday night and spend $80. That's, I guess, two tickets to a club plus three drinks plus parking, whatever. I think if people can go, I know whatever happens in this venue is going to be an attempt at comedy. Mm-hmm. No one's going to try to make me vote. No one's going to try to, <laughs> no one's going to try to lecture me about the kids at the border. Like no one's going to make me feel bad. And there's, I, I have no proof that that would ever happen. So there's certain comedians that even if you're like, I'm not going to laugh really hard, at least I can bring a double date to go see this person. I'm not going to hear about the president. I'm not going to hear about Trump. I'm not going to hear about anything. It's at least going to be attempts to comedy. And I think that that is what is moving tickets when you just go, okay, this is a person that I know is not going to make me feel bad or ashamed and I'm not going to have to think about my problems because I think a lot of comedians forgot the assignment. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's what I do. That's me. That's what I love to do because um, I agree with you. There's so many comedians where they feel like, um, I don't, I don't want to say it's like, oh, so many, but like. There's the thing where like, well, if you're not spitting truth to power, if you're not tearing down the walls of democracy, what are you even doing on stage? And it's like the thing that I really helped me during the pandemic, especially when I couldn't get on stage, especially when I was doing Zoom shows and I didn't want to do Zoom shows. And I remember showing up and seeing Dave Caldwell, the Denver super fan who goes to every freaking show that I've ever done at Comedy Works. I've seen him there so many times. He has a shotgun laugh that people either love or hate. And just seeing him in that Zoom and how him talking afterwards and being like, 
He's like, I used to go to shows every week and now I can't and I need something to fill that void. And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot my fucking job. Yep. My job is to make this shitty place we live in better. And if I can do that even small little bit for a half an hour, an hour, 90 minutes, then I'm doing something positive in this world. I'm doing something that is worthwhile. And so you may get up there and be like, well, Ron just does jokes about rugrats or his family or butts or whatever. But I'm like, for if you come to my shows, my whole premise, my whole thing from beginning to end, from my openers to the music playlist that I pick out before shows, every mm-hmm. bit of it is designed for you to leave going, oh, I feel refreshed. I feel better. Joyful. Mm-hmm. I don't leave feeling bad about myself, feeling like I did something wrong, feeling like I vote. I hate the person next to me. I mean, it really is. It just it it kind of breaks my heart and pisses me off to hear you say that because it's like it's never been our job. Yes, a lot of comedians that we respect have talked about politics and social issues, but like you know, as someone that is a white woman, even me just being successful without making statements constantly is a triumph. Mm-hmm. Just a black comedian being rich and successful, you're already breaking down walls. Thank you so much. So for knowing me- that I'm rich and successful. <laughs> Like, you're like, I've done my part. It's all you people that got stuff that you didn't deserve. Why don't you work on the walls that need to be broken down? The ones that you fucking parkoured off of to benefit yourself? Like, why don't you do that work and allow us just just to stay focused? That's what drives me nuts when I always get these fucking texts and calls from people who are like, hey, I hear Louis C.K. is performing in mm-hmm. Louisville. What do you think? I'm like, what are you going to th- do? What are you going to do about I it? I don't work for the Louisville improv. Oh. I don't, I already have to work twice as hard to get half as far. It's not my job to mm-hmm. deal with the behavior of other people in my field. It's not yours either. Mm-hmm. And us just doing what we're doing in an honest, fearless, unique, original way, that's already breaking down walls. So yeah. how about you motherfuckers that built the walls? How about you tear them down so we can just stay funny? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? The same shit that oppressed us. It's not, you know, our job to take them down with comedy. And I guess it's just, it's already so revolutionary for people to actually pay money to see a woman and think she's funny. Mm-hmm. That let me just try to stay funny. Also, there's just a thing of like, there's only, I got only so many things to think about and focus on at, at the given time. Um, you can assume that if you have a cause that is worthwhile and positive that I am for you. But just because you don't see me speak about something mm-hmm. within that given week or that hour doesn't mean that I'm your enemy. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I'm like not for but to uh that louis ck grammy thing because i got a bunch of dms about that would be like why aren't you speaking out about louis ck winning a grammy is a it affects your whole thing i'm like you're not gonna get me to care about the grammys (laughs) (laughs) no matter who wins a fucking grammy by the way the fact that i heard about it from my dms already means it's not that impactful Yes. If you guys since <laughs> when is a Grammy a mark of excellence in anything? People, as long as I've been alive, people made fun of the fucking Grammys. So you're like, oh, Louis C.K. was the gay one of the Grammys. That means he's validated by. It's like, well, no, it means eighty year old motherfuckers like him. Who? It's just whoever spent the most money on publicists. Yeah. Like, good for 
for you. Like, whatever. He's redistributing the wealth. He probably paid a bunch of female publicists <laughs> to get him that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, though, self-righteous indignation is a drug in the same way we try to, you know, be re- really self-aware about mental health. I think we forget, like, I was on this, recently did this press line and this woman, dude, it was wild. She was from some New York publication, one of, like, fancy ones. Not the New Yorker, but one that when I saw who it was, I was like, you better be, like, same cool. Um, and she was like, doesn't it bother you? Like all the negative feedback you get online. And I was like, you know what? It kind of doesn't anymore. The only time it really hurts me is if I agree with it. What do you mean? You know, if someone, if, if for example, someone were to say, someone were to say like, you know, saw, saw your show, whatever in Orlando, then saw it in Tampa. And like the second one, you kind of messed up the timing. Like it, it, that's so specific. No one would really write that negative a comment, but if it was something that I, Hey, it seems like you're kind of overcompensating on this one joke because it's not written yet. So you're kind of just giving it more energy to sell Mm. the (laughs) punchline, which no one would say. But I'd be like, you know what? That's true. That would hurt me. (laughs) (sighs) You know, but I think it hit me so hard because I've seen that so many times the last week at the improv where where you're like, they're talking and they yell out the punchline. You're like, oh, you're not confident in that punchline. I've done it. I've done it. The louder it is, the funnier it may be. It's like when you're talking to someone that doesn't speak English and you think talking in English louder will all of a sudden make them learn the language. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, okay, going out on tour, Mm -hmm. when I say there's a couple, there's, I would say the three people I've seen kill the hardest, just in general. Who are the people you've seen kill the hardest? I would say name three. Three people I've seen kill the hardest in any room that I've mm-hmm. seen. Any room. Um, Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. In uh, the store? In the comedy store or. Okay. Um, and no, and the main room. Yeah. Both. I've seen him like puppets during that main room for sure. Sebastian would be on that list 100%. Um, Bill Burr. Um, Tig Notaro. Yeah, of course. I'm thinking, okay, yes. I would add those to mine. I was going for like people I hadn't like seen in a while one time was chris tucker mm-hmm. came to the comedy store and was in the main room i have no idea if it was just like a pop-in or what but it was like the building was shaking and like everyone was like what's going on and chris tucker was just like and then one time daniel tosh came into the or we hadn't seen him in a while and everyone's like oh let's see how this is gonna go he's had a show destroyed in a way that like he it even he even looked shocked yeah you know oh my god i would love it. Ugh. that's like that's such a sweet spot that's so fleeting that I would love to get to one day where you're both at the peak of your powers and popular, you know? Interesting. Like, a lot of times people are overly pop. They're more popular than their powers are currently. And then a lot of times people are more powerful than they're, they're, they're popular. Um, but when you get that perfect mix, it's beautiful. Like that flow state where you deserve what you have mm-hmm. and everyone gets to participate in mm-hmm. like the triumph and mm-hmm. you don't feel like a phony after. Mm-hmm. And you with the improv. <laughs> oh, me? I got me. I didn't know the list was continuing. Oh, that really turned. Oh, wow. I saw you kill the improv one time in a way that made me change the way I thought about doing stand up. I like went for a walk and I was like, you need to regroup, bitch. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this like negative, my life is so hard shit is not the way. (laughs) Taking a break from me making Ron hysterically laugh (laughs) to talk about Newly. Newly is a subscription service. It is a clothing rental service. This is such a game changer. Mm -hmm. If you're like me and you buy stupid stuff that you'll barely wear once, 
This is what you need. For just $88 a month, you are going to get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. Totally up to you. Wedding season. Mm -hmm. Funeral season, whatever it is, (laughs) you have access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands. Everything from party dresses, premium denim, and one-of-a-kind vintage (gasps) pieces. That's your jam. Mm -hmm. Newly stocked styles in a range of sizes from petite to plus sizes up to 5X plus maternity. They carry labels like For Love and Lemons. I love them. Love Shack Fancy. Super cute. Lisa Says Ga. Free People Anthropology and more. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning Ooh, mm-hmm. in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. Not money laundering. Mm-hmm. No laundry for you to worry about. They even clean it. Wow. The option to buy what you love at a discount, <gasps> sometimes up to 70% off. That's newly has that. everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season. Stock up on a new dress for every event. Without breaking the bank. Address your only number once. This is like a miracle. It's like right. it's like borrowing from a friend, but cheaper. Yeah. Emotionally and otherwise. Yep. <laughs> Say yes to all the current trends. Y2K throwback sets, checker print, crochet without feeling the fast fashion ick. Get all of the fashion that you need while you need it. Then let newly worry about where it gets stored through the spring. Dream closet is unlocked. It's flexible. There are no fees, late fees, <gasps> damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. No big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or just need to take a break. Your life needs to flex, and Newly gets it. Hmm. Renting through Newly means getting to wear more, sometimes thousands of dollars worth of clothing, mm-hmm. while spending way less. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win for your closet and your checking account. Mm-hmm. Newly's shared closet helps curb the must-buy-something-new feeling you get whenever mm-hmm. there are exciting events on the calendar. Ugh. That is so, I'm so guilty of that. Yeah. <laughs> while still giving you new things to wear. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $10 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code Whitney10. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter that code Whitney10 and sign up to get $10 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code Whitney10. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Oh, this is like getting cute clothes without all the shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Back to the show. Well, let me ask you, because you're uh, uh, going on tour, as you're working on this new hour, as you've honed it, is there anything you're like, ugh, in your writing process? Are there, is there anything where you're like, ugh, not worth it? Or, oh, that should have gone better, and it didn't because people are afraid to laugh at stuff? Uh, I mean, there have been jokes that I've done that changed with Discord. I used to have this joke uh, about like this three-year-old neighbor kid that I had that one day I was walking by my um, apartment complex and he was just in his diaper dancing in the window. And I was like, and I was like, oh, I feel bad because I could watch him dance all day. And it, and it was like <laughs> cute and sweet. But then like a month or maybe four months after I was doing that joke, uh, the Jared Fogle stuff was happening with Subway. Oh. And then that bit never hit again. As soon <laughs> as that was in the, the national discourse, people were like, no, we don't joke about anything like that. Um, and I always hated that because I always thought that was such a sweet and, and, and simple yeah, joke. I hate it when something that's really working all of a sudden has a different shade on it yes. because of something completely out of your control. Yeah, truly. Yeah, I hate that so much. But for for in general, I just write whatever 
is going on in my life and what what I'm into. I never go like, oh, people aren't going to dig this, so I shouldn't say it. Usually if it's something embarrassing. I mean, I've been talking a lot lately, and it's, this was... Cause I even put in my bit, I talk about how I miss Louis Anderson and um, I didn't, I wasn't really like big friends with Louis or anything like that, but I always loved his cartoon. And then I got to work with him in Montreal and he was just so kind to me. And he talked to me about how he's like, you should have your own cartoon and you got such a unique voice. And, uh, and then just watching him on stage and he was just so open and honest with talking about his struggles with weight loss. and So vulnerable. Yeah. And it really made me be like, oh, you need to be more open about the things that you struggle with. And I, I started doing, I mean, I do jokes about how I went to Overeaters Anonymous for a few weeks and, um, so, and I don't think I would have done that if I hadn't seen him and been like, oh, this is okay. Mm-hmm. I can talk about these things that are a little bit more, I'm more self-conscious about. But as far as like taboo, um, I, you know, I'm a big pro wrestling fan and I liken it to, to that where it's like, there was a time, if you don't have rules in a match, then when you break a rule, there's nothing to get mad about. Hmm. There's no no emotional pull to, to go from. If everything is if everything is off limits, then you keep having to be like, all right, well, I'm going to set this table on fire and I'm going to set three tables on fire. And now uh, we're going to go up on the scaffold and I got to mm-hmm. toss you off. But if there's these things that are considered taboo and you're able to play with them because you have the skills, then that's great. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there is any issue with that the issue that we've been having usually is that people aren't using their skills in a good enough way to or they don't have the skills yet so yeah. it's like a sushi chef or whatever you know when you cut a blowfish a certain way it'll kill you yeah it's like if you've been on tiktok for two years and you think you're a comedian you shouldn't be cutting the you shouldn't be doing holocaust jokes yet you haven't earned it you're not mindful enough yet mm-hmm. you're not going to treat it with the respect it deserves it's like nothing's off limits as long as you're going to put a true i have a couple bits that i've been working on for three or four years because i'm like i know that if i'm going to do this it has to be uh undeniable. Mm -hmm. It has to be the funniest, most well thought out, insightful, so that I'm earning the right to talk about it. So like things like that, where you're like, it makes me laugh, but I need to handle it with such care Mm -hmm. before I go out with it. And I think a lot of people, they're like, they don't let me say what I want. It's like, no, it wasn't that good of a joke. And you're kind of just like, we're sloppy about it. You're hacking at it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like this thing where comedians like, I should be able to say whatever I want, free speech. And then someone says, you're not funny. Like, so no free speech for the person that doesn't think you're funny and only free speech for you as you're working out your new fat women jokes. <laughs> like, I feel like they should be able to say, I don't like this, you know? I think yeah. we, I think coming from the roasts also, maybe that helped me a little bit just in terms of like, you know, actually thinking burns are kind of funny. This guy, um, I've started going through my DMs when I went off tour and um, this guy called me a cancer hooker. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. What you, does that mean? I, nothing. I don't know. It's like when um, uh, uh, no one fucking is funnier when they're mean than Nick Swartz. And Nick was like trying to tell a story. And I interrupted because it was taking forever. And I was like, okay, so what happened? He goes, let me finish you Adderall mannequin. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I don't want to, you know, I think if you're not hearing anything negative, Something's being said you don't know about. I'd rather just hear it so that I'm in on it, you know? <laughs> not me. I, I'd just not know. me. I just assume. <laughs> I just assume you're talking shit about me, saying that I'm not, I don't deserve what I have, and that I'm not that talented, and that I'm just a voice or something. I just make an assumption, and then I just go about my day. That's not at all. 
Good. People just repeat what they saw someone tweet. I'm like, can you at least repeat a tweet that comedians liked so it makes sense? Yeah, they hear one thing and and you repeat it back. And to me, it's so weird because it's a lot of Uber drivers. I'm like, how are you guys (laughs) so into my business that A, you know, you're like, it's hard to be a comedian and B, I can take my mask off. It's like, all right. Thank you, COVID Harriet Tubman. I didn't know. My, I was waiting to be you're, free you're because COVID, of you. Were you in the front seat or were you COVID Rosa Parks? I was in COVID Rosa Parks. I'm sitting in that back, baby. <laughs> but it's wild to me because I do feel like we've become a species of people that just parrots opinions that we heard that maybe did well on the internet mm-hmm. without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And it makes you seem smart and interesting. But I mean, I can't tell you the last time someone said, I don't know. In a conversation. Mm, like, I love that. I don't know. I, love, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, I feel like everyone comes to me and they know so much about comedy and what's going on in comedy right mm-hmm. now. And you can't say anything on stage anymore. Uh, yeah, Look at the ticket sales for the people that say crazy shit on stage. They're doing great. They're doing great. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's usually, because re- I remember exactly, it was the the previous Chappelle special that came out and he said something about uh, punching down. And then I remember anytime I wrote anything about stand-up, I would get the, some comment going like, you need to do better. You shouldn't be punching down. I know what that, you know, I know you know what that means. It's like, yeah, I know what that means. Yeah. You don't know you what know. that means because you watched one comedy special from the one comedian that you know and now you think you understand my business yeah. that I've been in it for 15 years and yeah. you don't. And it's also like you guys I don't think understand how comfortable we are with adversity. Like this is where we shine. You know, it's like this is not this is my comps. Oh, the shoe dropped. People are mad and want to fight me. People don't like mm-hmm. me. I don't like me. Good. <laughs> We're on the same page. Finally, this doesn't feel weird anymore. You know, like I think for comedians, we're kind of like, whoo, finally people are going to start punching us in the face. That's what we <laughs> we say crazy shit and no one was like, when is the Damocles sword going to fall? Like I, if you see the conditions we are in on a given Friday night mm-hmm. in Cincinnati, you would know that none of this scares us. Yeah. We'll that. If you know, I've been to the Sacramento punchline <laughs> where the green room is also the storage closet where I'm sitting next to gallons of mayonnaise ready to go up to deal with an audience that's been drinking fists of Hennessy in the parking lot. You think I'm scared of you? You haven't been picked up in a minivan on 420 by five kids in a fraternity at Denver who had a cooler in the back seat of Coronas and were doing shots in the car and took me to one of their houses instead of the frat house where I was supposed to be staying. You decide which is scarier. <laughs> like there's not, I'm just like the average night of a comedian, the weird emotional interactions we have are just so much more traumatic than any physical violence. <laughs> have you ever been running your hour right before you're about to shoot it and there's a woman asleep in the front row <laughs> I mean it's just like I remember I haven't had that I had a guy rolling his own cigarettes in the front in row in the front row yes I one time was I used to tour with a big comedian and there was uh, another person who would feature Dana Eagle and we were in uh, Palm Beach, the improv when you used to do shows on Sunday that start at five and it was always it was a much older crowd and there was a woman in the front row that when me and Dana were on stage, she would look she's a super old woman after every joke would look at her husband. So we do one joke and she'd look at him and go. Ooh. And then another one, she'd be like, 
brutal. Like, it was just like, I mean, like the things we've been through when you think about it are just so wild. I, I, I think we get desensitized because we're traveling and moving so much, mm-hmm. but it is, it is bonkers. But can we go the other way? Can I ask you a question? Because it's something I've been thinking about really. Please, um, you. Not your, not your biggest credit. Not the thing you're most proud of, but you have a couple of things where you're like, why, why, what, why am I here? Why is this happening in my life? And this is my career. And you have any, of the, I'll, I'll give you mine if you need to think for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one time I just, did, I think, I forget, I forget the NPR show. But this is something where it wasn't that big, but you had like a But it was epiphany. like, this is not even epiphany, but just like, this is magical. My life is magical. Um, so one time I did this show with NPR in New York and me and my wife was my fiance at the time. And so the show just ends up being, I forget who else, there's some, um, someone doing poetry, me doing comedy, and then Paul Simon. It was definitely NPR. Yeah, and it was, the, and that was the whole show. And it just, and so then me and my wife got to just sit side stage and watch Paul Simon perform. And I'm like, wow. there are some tech dudes who probably play six figures for this same experience that I get to just have because I do comedy. Also, the other time, me and my wife did mushrooms at the WWE. No, we did edibles. I was on mushrooms. She did edibles. We went to WWE Hall of Fame. Got to sit behind <laughs> Linda McMahon and, and and Stephanie McMahon, and then we watched somebody try to tackle Bret Hart for real. And when you own drugs and people are actually <laughs> fighting in a wrestling event, it's amazing. Wait, how do you know the difference between a fight for real and for not? Just this in was a your fan s- who just came out from. How the- do you know that's not fake though? I mean, I've watched enough wrestling to know. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it was real for sure. I think that there's also something to be but said. But answer my question. Um, a time where I was like, wow, this is magical. Mine are kind of dorky, I Good. feel like. Um, okay, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Because I'm also, my brain is like, oh, I don't want to like brag or anything like that. Oh, you're stopping yourself. I think that it's usually little things that make me stop and like, like, Think like, for example, like Alanis Morissette is coming on the podcast nice. and she was going to come on uh, a day that she was performing. And I was like, I, I feel too weird having you come. It, and then we tried to reschedule it last week. It didn't work. And it's just like seeing an email where it's like she really wants to make this work while she's in town. Like that is something that will make me cry if I like think too much about it, because there are certain people that I set out being like, I want to be the Alanis Morissette of comedy. Mm-hmm. Or I want to be the sex in the city of, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just things were in order to get, um, to corral my energy into a way that actually, instead of do, writing a million scripts and writing a billion jokes to try to service everyone, I'm going to do airplane food. I'm going to do dating. I'm going to do that. I was just like, I just want to be like emotional and intense and talk about the pain in my life. And if you fuck with me, if I, you know. Worked fine for later. So it's like, I think I just have some people in my life that I look to. Um, Tori Amos, another one. And so when I see in an email, like this person's coming on the show, I think it's usually private moments because I'm, when I'm in any moments that ostensibly would be magical, I kind of disassociate, mm. which I don't know what that, I don't know how to get out of that for now. I mean, it's probably um, just saves you from freaking out right like maybe yeah i just kind of like i i but like for example i was just in new york at the upfronts and i was talking to jane krakowski who i love mm-hmm. and 
I made her laugh like really hard. This is so dorky, but I'm she. This is going to sound dumb and whatever. She's a very good actress, so she could have been fake laughing. But mm-hmm. we were talking about getting a dog, and do you get it from a breeder or like you know she was mm-hmm. or not? And she was like, oh well, there's this certain kind of dog, and I was like, well then you can rescue a dog from a breeder. And she was like, what are you talking about? Well, if you go get a dog from a breeder, it saves the dog from being owned by some weirdo that wants a breeder dog. And like, we were just like laughing about that for some reason. And it was like making her laugh, like made me so, I was like, this is so weird. Yeah. The person that is surrounded by some of the greatest comedy minds. Like I made her laugh like that. It's maybe more like that stuff. I have those too. I love those. One time I made Will Ferrell laugh when I was on the movie Get Hard and between takes. And it just made me, oh yeah. It like sent me to another world. Because it's so few people can make those people laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that's like that's like the best feeling for me. Sometimes it's that, or sometimes it's just like feeling like you have the respect of someone that you've looked up to for a really long time. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. Gary Goldman texted me the other day. Um, Judd Apatow's book came out, and I did an interview for it, which was so long ago. So I was like, I hope the stuff I said is still relevant um, or even makes sense. But um, you know, reached out. Gary Goldman was like, "Hey, your interview in Judd's book's amazing." And it was like he didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. He did, you know what I mean? That that little moments like that mean something to me. I don't I guess. Fuck with Gary Goldman. <laughs> Is that true? He had me blocked. I don't know why. He had me blocked, I, and then he unblocked me. But I still don't fuck with you, Gary. But what's going on that you notice that? How do you do? You know because if everybody. Because remember when he was? They were like Gary Goldman's tips for comedy. Yeah, I couldn't see them motherfuckers. Yeah, he look. That's a compliment. <laughs> he had to keep you down. <laughs> you were killing too hard at the improv. No, I, that feels like an accident. Or why? Why would you be? I don't know. I never. I don't I even think, know. I heard we a lot met. of people had that happen. I was like, this feels like a something a fishy situation i don't know what it is but when i see him i really like this beef <laughs> by the way. i got lots of beef yeah i uh do you do you you do and you don't like i feel like you just have a very um healthy I was joking oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about let's that? talk about your beef because i <laughs> No, I feel like you have a very healthy ability to accept people's nature and be able to put them in a healthy proximity to you accordingly. Yes. You don't try to change who they are by no. keeping them around you more. You go, you're a once a week friend. You're a once a month no. friend. You're an acquaintance. That's one of my mantras. That's one of my life things. Yes, I keep people at whatever distance that I can need you at that I can still like you. So for some people, that distance is right here. But for some people, that distance is two states away is a hard mute button yes and then how do you ascertain that it's just your gut or over time after a second or third infraction you're like okay this is who you are uh it's just gut it's just my gut thing and just me uh, gut and then keeping my eyes open and allowing i think especially when i was younger and in my first marriage and like just looking for ways to stay and things i Mm. would be like Oh, I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore this flag. I'm going to ignore this. And now I just go, if you tell me who you are, I believe you. And so that's why I, like, you, um, I think she'll be okay with saying it. But like when my first, my, my wife, my Christina, who I love so much. And when we were first dating, sometimes not any more than any other person, but like a lot of women, a lot of you, you do this negative self-talk. Right. And I would go and I had to tell her, I go, look, I go, hey. If you tell me that you don't like this about you or you tell me that you're trash, you tell me this, I'm going to believe you. And then I'm going to go, I don't need to be around you. Mm -hmm. So 
I think you could because what you're telling me you're warning me is yes you're warning me and you're telling me the things that I think about you are wrong yep you're first of all you're calling me a liar and a bad judge of character Mm -hmm. and I mean so many things and I can't pathologize why um, Christina does it whether it's internalized whether it was a voice usually that voice is there for some reason it's a voice that uh, you know materialized when parents or primary caretakers weren't available and you had to go like oh well my dad's not coming home so I must be a piece of shit because who would abandon their daughter like it must be my fault like mm-hmm. children can't uh, cope with the idea that it would be their parents that were flawed because then otherwise you're fucked it's just mm-hmm. too emotionally you know so you go oh it must be me I must not be pretty enough I might not be smart enough whatever it is but then there's whatever the the perfectionist that's what gets tricky is because a lot of people that do negative self-talk get really successful like you can use it for good things Mm -hmm. that joke wasn't funny enough you could have done better I probably could and like that negative self-talk is super helpful for me to get better at what I do but uh, you know, and being hard on yourself in relationships. Oh, you shouldn't have said that to him. Oh, you just, just text him back. Mm-hmm. Stop being such, such a weirdo. Don't manipulate. Like you have to know when it serves you and when it just makes you look like an idiot and a bad publicist for yourself. And mm-hmm. when it's just like a bad um, crutch that never worked. Like I remember being two, the two times that uh, it crystallized in my brain that negative self-talk, it does not serve me, certainly not publicly and certainly not about my appearance, was that time with you in the London Hotel when I posted a photo of us and said that my t- I have a crooked tooth and made a, a caption about having a crooked tooth. And you, I've told this story before. I will never stop telling it. You were like, hey, can I just tell you something? And it was just so like, it was like you have food in your teeth. Like no one would have said it in your crooked tooth. And you were like, hey, like when you deprecate your appearance, like it's just not cute. Or you like, you know, it's like. I won't out who said it, but someone in your life who is the exact kind of person I would want to like me and and attune with and entertain and be a part of their, you know, entertainment consumption. It's like, yeah, that's kind of a turnoff. And I'm just like, that is such an old defense mechanism I used to do to make the narcissists in my life not feel threatened. And it worked really well till I was like 15. Has not worked since. (laughs) Has not worked since on any level. Maybe when I first moved to LA, like, being like, well, I'm such a piece of shit. I'm like, maybe that was like the men in power wanted me to be that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it did help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I was uh, talking to my therapist and she was like, so why do you think you did that? And I was like, I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm just being stupid. And she was like, why do you talk about yourself like that? I was like, oh, no, I'm a comedian. Like, we just joke. Like, it's funny. And she's like, it's not that funny. Mm-hmm. It's awkward. Just makes everyone feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, and now you're just making me go, no, you're not. Yes, you're the best. Exactly. You're, you're-, you're making me fill your hole by going like, I'm like, oh, no, no. It's like, I don't have time for that. If you feel that way, fine. This feels like a better issue between you and better help. Like, also, <laughs> yeah. I'm big on turnkey person. You better come healed mm-hmm. or have some game plan mm-hmm. for your healing. Like, it's just not, it's just too boring. It's too boring. Yeah. At this point. Like, it's kind of cute when everyone's a mess and it's like we have... Oh, and you're in 20s, even yeah, The world 30s, is ending. Yeah. My crooked tooth is not a problem. <laughs> you know? And I think that the the tools that we use to placate others and, you know, self-deprecation does work a lot if you're in an emotionally dangerous space around narcissists that need to be the center of attention or that need you to be a piece of shit in order for them to feel good or mm-hmm. use it, insult yourself before they can get to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like comedy. Like, we control how we're embarrassed. You can't make fun of me because I already, you can't got me because I've already got myself, mm-hmm. you know? So... It's weird. And I was thinking about you, actually, because, you know, I haven't um, done a podcast in a while. And I do feel like 
you know, I was thinking, I wanted to ask you what you found the definition of success as or the definition of happiness because I, okay. I recently heard I a good this. one. Okay. Which is that um, from the psychiatrist that I um, started talking to, which is he said success, like he's always, sa- he says success is the quality of your problems increase. Mm-hmm. That like, that was something that really helped me. Mm-hmm. You're successful when the quality of your problems keep increasing. It's not an absence of problems because mm-hmm. that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm. But your problems are, ugh, I have a leak at the home I own instead of I have a leak at the apartment I rent. Yes. That's success. Yes. I like that. That's great. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this lately because of my new house and my new car. And, and your new leak. <laughs> and my new house and my new baby. Yeah. Um, Come see him on tour, guys. <laughs> I mean, please. I need to pay this mortgage. We're so. out of baby formula. Yeah. Please. Please come see me on tour. He's got a starving uh, baby. Um, and... I guess I don't have like a more a spiritual one the success. This is very more materialistic success, uh, which I guess I'll do the spiritual one with happiness. But I was watching that um, I Love Lucy documentary, the Lucille Ball and Desi documentary that Amy Poehler put out with her company. And there was just a recording of an interview with Lucy where she talked about success. And she talked about for her success being that she had a house with a pool with a garage that could hold more than one car. And as long as she had that, then she was successful. And I was like, that really freed me and opened me up and be like, I I have the very thing that Lucille Ball wanted. wanted. And I have it. She got it. I have it. I wanted it when I was younger and was sleeping on the floor or working at a grocery store and and didn't even have my own mattress. Now I I I know I'm successful. I have a house. I have my I got a second. I bought a second house. I think it's important to write it down because as you get more quote successful or solvent the the um target starts to move with you in a vague way because then you're around people that have more things so you're like i have a house and a car if you just go like if i have a house and a car i'm successful yeah but then if you don't write that down or say it out loud then you're like i have a house and a car oh my god these are so nice and then you go to your neighbor's house and he's got two cars you're like should i have two i guess yeah well that, how do i that, and then it just turns into this insatiable comparison is the worst form of violence against yourself yeah that that leads me every to comedian the now has nine purple porsches i'm like yeah, Am though the comedy store out the comedy store on a Friday night. It's <laughs> a show out there. It's it makes me feel good. I'm like, this is, industry's doing good. Even exhibit drives by and is like, oh, okay. I love that. I truly love yeah, that. I think it's, that's it's, amazing. It's been a long road, but we finally learned most male comedians are colorblind. I told you. Um <laughs> and yeah, the and so I if I constantly am doing the compare and despair stuff mm-hmm. and then go back to you know what? No. All I ever wanted was a house and a car that worked and health insurance and the ability to have dogs Mm -hmm. and like to be able to pay for other people's medical bills if they're in a jam Mm. without thinking twice. That's all I wanted. I have that. So success is done. Happiness, that's another thing. But success, that's done. Yes. Happiness to me is um, a couple of things. And and I'm going to go in some weird tangents. But one of the things that I always noticed when I was broke and like featuring or emceeing and I would work with these headliners who had all the things that I wanted who had these things and then they would still not seem happy and there was a thing I told myself then was like you 
need to know when you've won. They don't know they've won. Yeah. They still think they're playing the game yeah. and because the game never ends. But if you have to at some point be like, oh, I won. And like that is where I'm at now where I'm like, I just want to, I'm not even, if I never get another thing, I'm fine. I want to maintain the things I have. Mm-hmm. I love my, I want to maintain my family. I want to maintain my house. I want to maintain the career that I've built right now. If I never get more famous, that's fine because I'm in a, I'm in a really good spot. That's an amazing feeling. Um, I get to do whatever I want. I get paid a, a fair amount. I think. And from and like it's still like a lot of people don't even know what I do. A lot of people is you know you go like oh you're rich and successful. There's some people I show up at places they don't know, you know they think I'm crew or yeah, crafty, yeah, yeah. you know. And that to me that's perfect because yeah. I get real reactions. I get to see how people really respond to me. I still get the freedom to. Um, I get to work at these amazing, like any job I have, I love. I don't do any jobs. The last three years, I mean, have taught us a lot, but I definitely think last year I've shifted into like, oh, wanting to be like famous. Like, I feel like we're in a sweet spot that it's like you get the benefit to tour all around the world, meet people, entertain people, connect with fans that are like, you changed my life. Every line of the book's underlined. They know they made a shirt for you. Like that's the best feeling in the world to think on some level, like I'm Santa Claus to this person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm making this person's- like Guy Fieri. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm someone's Chris I Angel. Guy, have you ever met Guy Fieri? <laughs> I, I think I'm not saying his name right. But I don't he, think so. Oh my God, you, he is Santa Claus. Yeah. I saw Gordon Ramsay at something recently. It didn't go great when you meet guy he just makes you feel good he makes mm-hmm. you feel happy love that guy he feels he's like he's best. like the burt kreischer of food yeah or is that burt kreischer <laughs> uh well yeah no no he's he always on a bus food, he's always Burt's in a van he's always just like he's just positive energy guy but i do think that there's an addictive personality that that makes it so you get to this point to have this conversation at all and then you have to know when to call it you know mm-hmm. it's like an addictive personality which is one too many a million not enough right i got this thing well now i need this thing and now i mm-hmm. need that you know and how your dopamine receptors aren't gonna hold dopamine i think that really helps when growing a business mm-hmm. because the addicts really do win in a lot of ways but then you got to know when it's not serving you anymore mm-hmm. and you're like no this is kind of just workaholism and like now it's about quality instead yeah. of quantity you're running yourself in a ground you're, in order to you're make thinking about art. flying all the way to new york to go do wendy williams with your friend <laughs> on the last minute notice just because <laughs> she's you you think that's going to help your career when <laughs> odds are you probably should just go to bed and stay you're home. talking about it you watched it you loved it <laughs> someone someone jealous over here <laughs> i know that was everybody's thing they're like why are you doing that but it was like kind of a thing i mean i had like no hope. i'm talking for you asked me to go oh yes i <laughs> I thought you meant the fact that I guest hosted no, it all. I think you should guest host it. I know. I guess, and I was just like, I was Whole just new audience calling all my friends to do it. And I was like, come on, get on a plane. Your wife is 79 weeks pregnant. It's fine. You'll make it back. <laughs> Jet blue, two hours in, two hours out. Yeah. $300. Let's go. And that was a good place for me mentally that I said no. <laughs> that's how I know I'm doing okay that's pretty wild when you're able to say no to things and not do them out of desperation because you know if if this is right I'll do it later when I'm have the bandwidth for it where I'm not going to rush and just be you know resentful and not the best version of myself exactly you're one of the most sagacious people I know 
Um, and you're great at reading people's characters, which is why I'm constantly stunned we are able to be friends. Um, <laughs> what, when you just were talking about red flags, like what as your like mental health journey has become a red flag because something that you said earlier about, like I know the proximity to keep people. I believe I'm now at a point where my recovery, self-help, all of it is starting to backfire because I can make so many excuses for someone's behavior to mm -hmm. the point of where I allow them to stay close to me. Mm -hmm. I'm all, I'm hurt people, hurt people, but they did the best they could with the tools they had. We mm -hmm. forgive others not because they deserve forgiveness because we deserve peace. And, and then I'm able to like use all that self-help stuff to keep myself in a dangerous situation. <laughs> How do you balance knowing why people do what they do mm -hmm. and seeing what's go without allowing it to harm you? Oh, I mean, it just comes down to simple self-preservation at the end of the day whereas yeah, i agree with you with all that stuff hurt people hurt people there people dealing with mental illness and and uh, and a lot of things but at at the end of the day nothing that you are going through nothing that you are dealing with allows you to hurt me so if you can't deal with what you're dealing with Without hurting me, I just have to remove myself from this situation. And that, that that's how I look at it. That's how I deal with even like I remember years ago I got into a little online thing and some lady um was trying she like was kinda like trying to drag my name through the mud because I had taken my mom on at midnight for Mother's Day and she was like, uh and it was me and a couple other dudes, and I guess one of the other dudes I had gone on a, on a couple of dates with this lady and so is another dude on the at midnight panel. And she goes like, oh, how how ironic that the last couple of dudes that said that they only wanted me for their but my body are on at midnight and with their moms. And then I'm and I go and so then I was like, hey, that's not how our interactions went at all. I told you what I was going through and where I was in my career, in my life. I was looking for a girlfriend. I was looking for a wife. And I said, if you aren't interested in me, like a relationship, like and, and you don't have those feelings towards me, I don't want to hang out with you like a friend. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a girlfriend. I'm looking for a wife. So I'm like, I'm not going to- I love it. That's all a woman- like stereotypically wants a man to say and they say it and it's like well you just want me for my body it's like I'm saying I want a wife <laughs> it's the opposite of being a scumbag yeah I say I'm not gonna go and hang out with you and like what she'd be like uh, uh, this is a hot tub party I know about why the fuck am I gonna go hang out with you mm -hmm. at a hot tub party no. And so I glitter ass up on Twitter and the people were like, oh, I looked at her tweets. She's she's not doing well. Why would you? Do? And I go, I don't care. Like, that's fine. But you don't just because you're hurting doesn't mean you get to attack me. I'm always going to go in and d defend myself and hopefully a, you know. Sophisticated fashion. And guess what? The reason that you keep acting like this in a histrionic way where you're throwing grenades around with people's reputations with some pretty serious allegations in front of their mom, no less. Like the fact that no one has retaliated or stood up for themselves, that's enabled you to stay using this coping mechanism that is abuse. Mm -hmm. So it's also like I, whenever I need to stand up to something like that where I want to just go like, ugh. Don't just do something, sit there, sit on the bench, choose your battles. Like that was a battle worth fighting because I also can go, hey, you know, 
this might make me look like a bully or whatever, but the reason you keep doing this to people is because no one's giving you a consequence because mm -hmm. they're afraid because you're mentally ill and we all have to teach you, treat you like kid gloves and walk on eggshells. But like, that's just making you sicker and more dysmorphic and delusional. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to participate in that. No. You know, I'm not going to enter into this reality where everyone feels sorry for you because you're a grown adult. Yes. Fix it. Yes. Or do it alone on your own time. Just yes. don't drag me into it. Exactly. That's all. Just, okay, well, however you do it, just your leave own me life out of all it. you want. Yeah. Don't, don't involve me. Exactly. That's I got a, my own struggles. That's really fascinating. So what are it just some like, like red flags in people now mm -hmm. when you're thinking about taking on new friends and now you're married now, so you can say in dating, mm -hmm. no matter how shallow it is, no matter how bad it sounds, mm -hmm. like... Like, for example, if you're on a first date and a girl says, can you take a picture of me? <laughs> Is that's, that a red flag? No, that's fine. Turn off, really? No, that's fine. Well, like, like, what do you mean? Just take it like she likes the what place? What if it's with an antique camera? Mm, is this Portland, Oregon? <laughs> then it's fine. If, <laughs> what do you have to get under a curtain? And then that's too much. Then that's powder. too much. <laughs> so no hipsters. <laughs> like, here are the My Little Pet Beeves. Okay. When I meet new people and you bring up a show and they'll be like, I don't watch TV. Yes. As if it's some, mm -hmm. as if you read 50 books just by saying that, mm -hmm. you're not bad. Like things like that, like little things that as yeah. I get older, I'm like little cues that mean bigger things. Yeah. The person who needed to stop a fun conversation where everyone was talking about Ozark and me or whatever, you don't have to like the shows, but to just be like, I don't watch TV. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, that's cool. definitely a red flag. Huh? For sure. Total it, it's just flag. like a dismiss because at first it makes you go, oh, this person must be cooler than me because they don't watch TV and they are busy. And that doesn't mean they're using their time learning other languages. Mm -mm. Probably doing drugs. <laughs> uh, if they're mean to the wait staff at a huge, restaurant, huge, that's huge. always a super big red flag. Um, if they're not funny, that's a big red flag for me. But funny on purpose is sometimes a lot. Yeah, that's true. No, Trying not too looking, hard to be yeah, funny is a lot. Yeah, naturally just, funny. Yeah, you got to be naturally funny. Um, when it comes with friends or like business people. Oh, who, business people. That's a good one. Yeah. You're about like, to interview assistants. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then just lately, like um, there's some dude who just hit me up and he was just like, he through my cousin. And, and so that was already a red flag. And, and <laughs> he was like, Man, I've been doing comedy for for so many years, and da da da. And I just don't feel like I know the right people. I was wondering if you could help me out. That's a red flag. That's a big red flag right there. Just coming to me out of the cold, calling me, not even being like, "I think you're funny," or this or that, or "What are you doing?" Or you got any advice? But more like, to me, what they were saying was. Oh, man, I've been doing comedy. I think I'm better than you, but I don't know the people that you know. Can you introduce me to the people that you know so that I could take them from you? It's a tricky thing, but I find, like, you know, the other night, after shows when I do, like, the little meet and greets, I, a lot of girls will come up, they'll be like, I want to be a comedian. And then I, like, the other day, saw a girl in uh, Tyson's who was like, I'm a comedian. And I was like, come tomorrow at Huntington and do five minutes. And she did, and she was great. Nice. You know, um, Meg's uh, Fritz, Frizz. Fritz, I said it wrong twice, whatever. She was excellent. And um, and like, 
I, and then I'm in the car. My opener's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I think that this is what we're supposed to do with our yeah, power. I agree with you. You know, yeah. it's like, you have but that Ike Turner moment. Are, Get up here, babe. But that's like, that's different because that's someone who you ran, that's like in your natural movement. You ran to this person. Totally. It comes but, up. But when someone's like reaching out to you just online or even like, they're not even. Work for me for free. Yeah. Well, I mean, I that skip, would be great. I want to see, you know what? Hey, I want to skip to the head of the line. I know you did it the hard way, but mm-hmm. can you help me skip to the head of the line? Exactly. It's what they're asking. Exactly. Can you go buy me beer? Like whatever yeah. it is. And you're kind of like, I don't know if it's their job to be less entitled. I think it's our job to just be more like, meh, that's what that is. Yeah. When I was starting, I was desperate and would ask crazy desperate shit. Yeah. I mean, true. You true. know what I mean? Like I emailed Cat Williams. I, I emailed Demetri Martin. Nice. How did your Cat Williams email go? I was just like, I'm a big fan of you, Mr. Williams. I probably called him Mr. Williams and was just like, I love your comedy. I just just asked him for advice. I wasn't asking him to like for a set time or anything. I just asked him for, I was like, I'm trying to start comedy. Just asking for advice. He never wrote me back, but I still love Cat Williams. He's the best. Um, I also feel like when people come up to me and ask for advice, the way they ask tells me everything I need to know. Mm-hmm. If it's like, hey, I've written these five scripts. Can you read them? Where it's mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden I work for you. And this, mm-hmm. I'm like, this person is, can't read a room. Therefore, you can't be a good comedian. If I, someone <laughs> if you don't see on my face that I would rather <laughs> blow my head off than hear about your scripts, then you can't do this. There's no, I already know they suck. Because you can't write a scene about how to walk up to a professional comedian and not waste their time. You obviously aren't a writer. You're not an actor. You're none of these things because you can't act like you have someone to say to me and you know how to do this, Mm -hmm. you know? So when people come up to me and they're like, and they are like, I'm like, I already like you. If they're like Mm -hmm. kind of nervous about saying something, I'm like, you're already on the right track. You should be nervous. That's Mm -hmm. a normal reaction. Mm -hmm. But they like have something prepared. They're like, no, 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 you seem busy. I'm like, you're right, I am. <laughs> you can see that. I already, we're already living in the same reality. And you're willing to push through your fear and shame right now to just mm-hmm. like do your mom spaghetti moment. Uh, and then if you have one succinct question, not like, hey, how do I get into comedy? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you t- I, I don't know. Yeah. And I have to. It's like, I could I could have told you how to get into it 20 years ago. Well, I can't tell you this. how to get into no, it today. There's no less than 400 podcasts mm-hmm. for free on the internet right now where I talk about that and all the people here talk about it. So don't ask, how'd you get into comedy? You just are doing the, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. asked me to do a podcast for you for free and you have no listeners. Like, now? <laughs> Jim Ping, now, no. Call me when you're the sidekick on H3H3. I'll come yeah. tell you that story. But if someone comes up to me and is like, hi, um, I've written the script. Is there an agent that I should send it to? And it's like a specific question. And I'm like, I already know you're going to get everything you want because you prepared so much for this interaction and are terrified to ask me. You're fine. Just keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing. Like, you don't need my help. You're going to get what you want. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I can't really help you, whatever. Like yeah, exactly. That's you yeah, know that's my, my deal at CISO just expired. <laughs> <laughs> my, I think I think I just heard some weird news about Quibi. I have, <laughs> I have to send a fax. Um, but yeah, I think that they're also there. I feel sometimes pressure to like help, but I've learned the hard way. Sometimes helping isn't helping. That's codependent. If you're mm-hmm. gonna, if that that person that is going, hey, can you help me out? If you do help them, 
it's that's just the beginning of many more inappropriate questions. Yeah. It's never like, oh yeah, here's the advice. And then it's done and the person takes the advice. Like, wait a second. So I called that person you told me to call and they like got a voice machine. Now what do I do? Yeah. Can you no, drive rare. me to the appointment? And you're like, wait, what? Some people are like that though. Like, um, I mean, some people just need a, like, um, and I think what I've been lucky with my whole career is that I've been around the right people. I never had like shitty management. I never had mm-hmm. like third rate I mean a, a second rate agents yes but never third rate agents uh, <laughs> <laughs> what up do you bitch uh, <laughs> me pop what what we're good now Stu we're cool um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with this like what are things Emily what are things that have been uh, red flags lately that I've been picking up on people who feel that well, people who try to trauma bond too quickly mm-hmm. people yeah. who try to get too close too quick for sure that'll get me dude that'll get me i'll, I'll take the bait normally mm-hmm. when someone wants to dig right into i grew up in an alcoholic home and i'm sober and i just went into 12 st-, and you're just like too much too fast yeah. oversharing oversharing mm-hmm. that yeah. used to be a let's go for a hike yeah you know well i mean to me it's like if it, what would that person be like if you saw their stand up act? You like, damn, you don't even say hi. How are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know where anyone's yeah. from. You don't even know if there's you any birthdays here or not. <laughs> we just jumping right into it. <laughs> Dude, the first 10 seconds on stage is the most crucial. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Yeah, I can usually tell if I, I mean, we I, usually with my voice, I can tell if I'm going to have a good set by like the first, because if I know if I'm going to have a great set, if I go, hi, and people start laughing, <laughs> then I know I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. Hmm. This is going to be fun. So I, that's how I start my sets every time. If you go and see me I anytime, should try that. I just go, hi. Just say hi to them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> can i say one more that's weird yeah mm-hmm. people that it's tricky now because i mean i'm the first person to say, get everything you want go get on a reality show do t- t- maybe the amount of time it takes to get successful is changing mm-hmm. it, as a comedy actor as a comedy writer as a filmmaker not as a stand-up comedian that won't change mm-hmm. i'm sorry it's like saying that that social media and tiktok is going to make you a better professional athlete if you're mm-hmm. on, you know what i'm saying it's, it's like, like the ten thousand hours yeah you just it's a it's a skill you can't fake you know nobody is like drafting kids that are 18 that play basketball just because they've done it more on tiktok it doesn't make them a better when the rubber hits the road no it just makes it that you you have easier access to creating a fan base but it's it takes the real skill set and the craft to maintain a fan base and maintain a career and takes years i mean louis ck always said he's like if you do the same material twice in the same market they won't be mad they won't you know, throw tomatoes at you, but they won't come back next year. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, love that guy. Mm-hmm. He's funny, but I'm not going to spend the $300 door to door. So yeah. uh, like. But he was cool with the masturbating thing. Though. He was like, <laughs> you could do that all you want. You just can't. You just, you just got to make sure the material's fresh. They're like, I don't work in an office with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't feel like it's my. Pro- if I go around. I would prefer. You hold know on. What? I I'm would sorry. rather I'm you sorry. do the same material twice. I'm just going <laughs> to. I might be different. Look, I might be a different type maybe of guy. I'm Look, but I prefer if you do the same material I'm twice. And keep your dick in your pants. Corner in me. If I go to Carbone in New York. The Italian restaurant, <laughs> and I order the most incredible pasta on the planet, and someone's like, hey, you know the boss is kind of a weirdo. I'd be like, 
can I just finish this and then I'll I'll unfollow you? I just feel like that's not my problem. I feel like I should be able to enjoy my night out. Yeah. I don't work here. Yeah. It's not my I'm here for Two hours, it's not my problem. But I understand why people that don't work in comedy are like, it doesn't seem like he does it at shows. Like, it doesn't apply to me. I bought these tickets eight yeah. years ago for my fiance. Can we just go to a fucking show? <laughs> <laughs> Your shows is just Dylan's candy bar. No, Yours yeah, is that's a good candy bar. You know bar. what? I was going to say Hershey Park and it felt racial. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been in Dollywood. <laughs> Dollywood. I mean, you, that's, I do want to do a theme park at one point. Oh my God. That's my ultimate goal in life is to have like a theme park where people can come and it's like a social content farm. Mm-hmm. So you can come, you'll get, you have green screens and like setups of every holiday of the year. So you come with your family. We're going to knock out Easter. We're going to knock out St. Patrick's Day. We're going to knock out your holiday card. We're knocking your Thanksgiving card, Valentine's Day. Like you're going to get it all in one day. They're doing meet and greets. Every comedian, you're at home with your family, but you're making money doing meet and greets in VR or 3D all over the country. You're doing 90 corporate gigs a night Ew. from your bed. Oh. From your bed. This sounds like hell. No. <laughs> Do you ever think about like other businesses where you're like, yeah, I want to make an artisanal ice cream truck that sells homemade choco tacos and things of that nature, push pops, but made like with like natural ingredients, and then you play fun songs in your ice cream truck. That's I would like to get on the ground I floor. Was gonna of say that. that is a billion dollar idea. <laughs> I feel like people want homemade. You ever had choco tacos are great, but yeah. you never had a fresh one in nope. your life. Never, never. Yeah, okay, yep. do you remember the ones that were? Um, it was like a. There was one that's an American flag popsicle. Mm-hmm. It was like the red, white, and blue. Pop. And then yeah. there was one that was chocolate and banana. And yeah. Chocolate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite. And I can never find it. Yeah. Or well, homemade. We have it. Yeah. yeah. Or like those chocolate chip cookie sandwiches. If yeah. both the cookies were freshly made. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Or the strawberry shortcake bars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be the very on the outside. That's yeah. fine. In yes. LA, people pay $12 for yeah. one side of a bagel. Exactly. Exactly. This is it. People will overpay. There's a place in um, uh, Tempe Improv. I think it's Tempe. I fly in a day early because there's a popsicle, this woman that does a popsicle stand, mm-hmm. and it's all these like wild flavors. It's like elderberry lavender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she, like coffee, like uh, like tarragon. It's like mm-hmm. all these like weird ass flavors. And I go, and I just will go. I'll get two, take a walk, come back at two. <laughs> It's like I'm probably her sole investor. Yeah, that's like me in Italy. I love a, a granate. A granita. Did you just go to Italy? Um, not just last summer. Yeah. Yeah. How many times have you been? That's when I impregnated my wife. Okay. Oh, on Which that city? She thinks it was in Amalfi. I'm pretty sure it was when I was on mushrooms in Amsterdam. It was definitely not in her mouthy. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Funny. Italy is one of the few places that I feel like lives up. And then I'm like, this is so expensive. It's so beautiful. I will come back. Yeah. Most places in Paris, I'm like, I get it. Have you been to Amalfi? Yes. It's so beautiful. It is shockingly beautiful. And one of the only places on earth that I don't mind there being people around. Because they're all so dressed 
as they should be for yes. the occasion. Right. We say beautiful hotel, Santa Cantarina. And uh, you know it was a great hotel because it was just full of 60-year-old white dudes and their 20-year-old dates. <laughs> and so you yeah. knew dates, you were I, in it. I don't think it was a date, but okay. <laughs> That's very sweet. Full girlfriend experience? It was Italy. Yeah, it's so Italy <laughs> date. <laughs> you were a prisoner. That might have been. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that um, uh, Amalfi is so gorgeous. A friend of mine got married in Ravello, which mm-hmm. is like uh, on a cliff. Um, and it's so beautiful. You're like, this is one of the few places where it beats the screensaver. Yeah. I went to Halong Bay in Vietnam, which was my screensaver for the longest time. I always wanted to go. And I was like, yeah. screensaver was better. I always wanted to go to Nice because I like the look of the, the sparkly water beaches on the Pebble Beach. And mm-hmm. then I went there and it was like, yeah, this is even better than what you thought. It really, mm-hmm. it lived up to it. Yeah. There are a lot of places I go where I'm like, meh. Yeah. I feel like they used the Nashville filter and they hoodwinked me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, ah, damn it. I've bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. There's something I'm like really getting into like nature shit, like beautiful Mm -hmm. shit that is just like incontrovertibly incredible. Yeah, that's good. And things you can't turn into a business. That's good too. Or write jokes about. Like you'd be an asshole if you made fun of a waterfall. You could do it. <laughs> Where do you think you're going? Water? You ain't got nowhere to be. <laughs> such a rush. Yeah. Look at all this suicidal water. Yeah. Like, uh, can you oh, imagine? Yeah, you know it's white water. You could take. <laughs> <laughs> Only white water would want to jump from that high without a parachute. <laughs> See, we did it. I just went to Niagara Falls with Marilyn Ricecab, and we were all we, the entire time. I was like, I don't get it. There's no jokes about this. It's just beautiful. Let's get out of here. She's looking great. I like her post-divorce look. She's real like. She's the best. She looks great. She's the best. She is the best. I know you have a child. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Any other red flags? Any other? I know you have a child. <laughs> Great <laughs> segue. When people have kids, I'm like, it's been two hours. Are they gonna die soon I if you don't go home? I prefer not to go home. <laughs> there's two. There's two ways this could go. When people have new children, I either ignore them for like two years, and mm-hmm. they're like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "I was trying to not add to your plate." Or they're like, "Yeah, I've been staring at something that can't talk or remember what I'm saying." I would love to have an adult conversation. Yeah, I know this is nice. I like it. It's fine. And then, okay, so I want to know, then let's really quick. So let's end on a bit that you're working on that you haven't fleshed out yet or one that you're just like, oh, there's a thing I want to work on. It's in the back of my head. Mm, I mean, I just want to work on bits about just kind of the difference between having a kid now between my first Oh, kid, that's good. You know, to feel like, like the toys you have to throw out from the first kid, like like the the lawn darts didn't make it. Mm, that's a way to put. And then no, it was more the fact that I had I'm 39 and having this kid, and I had my first son when I was 19. Oh, I think there's something funny about the difference in toys. Like all the toys toys for your first kid have now been recalled. Yeah, that's yeah. No, I mean just most of it. Where the way you sleep is different now. You know? That is so funny. The way a kid sleeps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there is funny there. Well, like just sort just, of like how, but just yeah. like, yeah, the things that you were doing that were so dangerous or didn't realize, now mm-hmm. it would be child abuse. Yeah, exactly. That's so, really funny to me. Yeah, it's working on stuff like that. Just about how the or, difference in re- like in just like the reaction was different between telling my mom that I'm having this kid now before telling her when I was 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about the actual birthing process? Were you there? I was, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was fine. My my wife was a freaking warrior. She was yeah. great. She was she she nailed it. She 
I I was very proud to be her husband because I was just like, look at you. And then she was just up and helping the baby like right away. It was really. Uh, You're like, I was screaming at her to get up. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> no, I'm, like, this I'm playing my, a video game. My assistant is my assistant. It's very unprofessional <laughs> to, to get involved. We've had that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I can ask her to make you a smoothie, but you cannot. So. It's very unprofessional. That's right there. Holding, I got my only job. I mean, that's really, I. it's a fun experience. I think um, going to a birth is one of the few times as a man where you really, um, there's like a lack of the patriarchy in these like delivery rooms. So then you suddenly are like, oh, everywhere else, I'm so important. I'm in charge. Yeah. People come to me. And then in the delivery room, like they know no one even asked me my name. They just were like, oh, hi, Christina. Oh, hey, dad. You know, it's just oh, like, they're like, what hey, do you dad, need? Probably, what do you want? Maybe. Yeah, Who yeah, knows? exactly. <laughs> What you, they were her, they're like, well, you know, what do you need to do? hit this button? And then when you they, when they're like, oh, there's this chair, we think it folds out, oh, you sleep here, my God. but the also you're going to be in the way. Yeah, it was really interesting in that regard where I was like, oh, they don't give a fuck also, about me. Also, she could probably do this in the woods without you? Yeah, yeah. It was really fun. I really... Um, if you like, could get out of the way, yeah, we'd yes. appreciate it. There was a lot your of Your services that. are no longer needed get here. Get out of the way. You've done your move, job. You did yes. your job. Ten months ago in yeah. Amalfi. And now it's our <laughs> yeah. time. Yes. Or Amsterdam. Or Amsterdam. Or Amsterdam. That is wild to think about. Mm -hmm. I love you. I love Let's you talk too. about your tour dates. Kansas City Comedy Club. Uh, they still smoke inside there, I think. I think so. You're yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> August 25th and, uh, through 27th, San Diego, which is also LA. Take a trip. Yeah. Drive, drive down south. Have a road trip. Go get a burrito. Listen to one of those uh, horrible mixes you made. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love you. Anything else? Uh, uh, Paramount show, Plus? Apple TV Plus. That's the name of that network, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Apple TV Plus. I'm in a show called Loot uh, with My Maya Rudolph is a star. Um, Michaela J. Rodriguez, who is amazing and pose and just a wonderful person. Um, Joel Kim Booster, Nat mm. Faxon. Uh, mm. Stephanie Styles, Megan Faye. Uh, just I play, um, I play my Rudolph's cousin. She's the ex-wife of the richest man in the world. Uh, so it's like it's like she was Funny. married to Jeff Bezos. They get divorced, and then now she's 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 living her own life. Fuck, that's her such own. a good Isn't idea. It? It's that's premise, such right? a good idea. Does it's she does she use all the money to seek revenge on him or no? She use she goes she owns a foundation. I don't want to give away mm -hmm. too much, but she's got a foundation foundation that she probably has not been to or paid any attention to <laughs> forever but now she's using it to find a focus in her life and so we're going to follow that journey to see where she goes and what she does with all that money does she get involved in the ukraine war <laughs> it wasn't we, when we were taping not there, okay i'm just saying um all right i love you so much love you too Whitney. it's good to see you thank you for coming on you got a normal hair color now <laughs> For, for who knows how long. <laughs> I think we're out of the woods. I think we're out of the woods of the COVID fog, you guys. Sleep, sleepover's over. I think mm -hmm. I 
very strongly felt like I had to be an adult way too young and had to be a boss before I was ready. Mm. And so when the pandemic happened, I was like, oh, those years I lost to mm. play. I'm going to take now. Mm. And it's over. I'm back to being um, trying really hard to get white men in our business to want to fuck me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'm being a good girl. I saw what happened to Courtney Love. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> I'm, I'm back playing by the rules. I'm like a handmaid that got sent to the colonies. I'm like, I get it now. I got it. No, we're back. You reprogram. Whatever you need. Whatever you get. To, blessed be the fruit. May it's the Lord open, boss. dude. I learned my lesson in the comment section. <laughs> I love you, Ron Funches. Um, getting better. Start, started there. at any time. He has a giant. I mean, how many episodes of that podcast? Like one ninety something. Anytime, anyone, uh, anything talking about better, getting better, taking care of yourself, self care. There's no uh, wrong episode to start on. It's a good podcast. Please check it out. We did an episode with Cameron Esposito recently. I really like. Oh, yeah, she's wonderful. She did a great job. We just re- hadn't talked to her in a while, so it's nice to reconnect. Um, I've been moving, so we've been doing a bunch of best of. So really, oh, nice, so nice, really, nice, it is a nice, good time like to jump those. in. <laughs> um, I love you guys. Uh, uh, instead of getting that summer bikini body, maybe get that summer mind. There's something there. Hold on, yeah. what is it? Hot, hot? What is it? Summer body? Hot girl bikini, summer? Hot girl summer? Hot How about this? Fall? Stable girl summer? <gasps> <laughs> Emotionally stable girl summer? I'm in. I feel like I'm on to yeah. something. That's, I think that's good <laughs> for everybody. Workshop that. Yeah. I love you guys. All right, elephants. Goodbye. <laughs> The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.